Welcome back to the For Film Sake Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Rashid, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today, we're going to talk about uh, Top Gun. Hell yeah. Uh, but before we do any of that, let's do the ketchup, the condiments, mustard, ketchup, fucking ranch, yeah, I yeah. guess. That's a condiment. Yeah, it is. Uh, number one show in North Carolina. Number one show in North Carolina. That's going to be our new <laughs> tagline, Number one show in North Carolina. For Film Sake, number one show in North Carolina. It definitely is. Those uh, Charlotte Five guys, fuck them. Who, 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 who are they? Uh... <laughs> I actually don't know yeah, a lot neither. about them. <laughs> I know nothing about the Charlotte Five. <laughs> Talking shit, but uh, yeah, yeah. number one show in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck have you been up to? I feel like I haven't like every week. I see you once a week, mm-hmm. and during that time, I feel like I never see you. Yeah. Because like our schedules just don't line up to hang out except for podcasting. Yeah. Because uh, I work nights and I do night, shit late at night. Mm-hmm. And you're working now in like a nine to five. Like, I wish just nine to five. Oh, I wish so I wish I could go in at nine and, and go mm-hmm. home at five. I'm so sorry. No, I'm I'm at the job by seven and I'm home by like seven fifteen. God, no wonder you don't text back. Just... Oh, I'm fucking work. I'm at work yeah. all the fucking <laughs> time. But I mean, it's like it's overtime. I'm trying to get overtime hours because right. uh, Black Friday is coming up. Oh yeah. And there's this like sixty five inch four uh, K like curved Ooh. TV that I really want. That's kind of sexy. I, re- I mean, it's it's kind of. Is, it- is it like on the eight hundred? No, I mean, um, for the flat screen, it's like 800, but I got to get that curved TV. Oh, what the fuck are you doing? Got to get the curved, curved TV. Why curved? You know, I can't really explain that. Yeah. Don't really have... Uh, it's marketing. Get out of here. Of, of, cor- of course Break it is. Break away, like, it's, it's, not, it's not doing anything. <laughs> no. It's not doing... It's just curved and it looks a little bit cooler. Like, that's the only thing that I can explain that you it know, looks cooler. I'm going to give you shit for that, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go to your place when you get it, and you're yep. like, oh, fuck, that TV looks cool. It was really pretty cool, yeah, yeah. It's not going to do anything different yeah. than the flat one isn't going to do, <laughs> except for uh, charge me like 300 more more dollars. Yeah. But it's Black Friday, so it kind of yeah. evens out. Yeah. So, you know, just don't get trampled. Uh, yeah. Oh, but, no, like, I would love... I would yeah. love, like, I, I've been working out and doing, like, a bunch of cardio <laughs> stuff. Like, please come see me up at the Walmart. Like, we can do some fight club type shit. Like, see me on Black Friday when I'm going for that TV. I promise it won't end well for Hit you. Hit a motherfucker in the ear. <laughs> it will it's, not end well. It's fucking great. <laughs> but, but while we're on that, like, yeah. if, if, if anyone would like to hire me to go in there and get their things for them on Black Friday, I'll be more than willing to, to do that for you. He'll fucking throw down. I sure Battle Royale. Hell yeah. Fucking he volunteers to distribute or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the Hunger Game reference is still cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I completely lost track with whatever people my age are watching now, mm-hmm. and I've just been watching like indie art house bullshit mm-hmm. and like Marvel movies. That's I think that's what people your age are watching though. Not, not a lot of indie art house bullshit. Because <laughs> yeah, like are. every time I talk to somebody about mm-hmm. like I watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer mm-hmm. and I watched Loving Vincent recently. Okay. Yeah. And I watched uh, what else did I watch? Some other artsy mother the- recently. The uh the the train or something? Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, Murder on the Orient Express. That, yeah, that yeah. was garbage. Oh damn, that sucks. Um but uh okay, let me start with Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm-hmm. Jorgos Lanthimos mm-hmm. is amazing as a director. What, what else did he direct? Straight down, lobster. Oh lobster, no. okay, yeah, yeah. Uh it's just amazing. And him mm-hmm. and Colin Farrell like have some way of like communicating mm-hmm. that it just fucking works. Nice. And Jorgos Lanthimos has this like sort of uh, way of dialogue that makes you like naturally uncomfortable because mm. everybody sounds like robotic. Yeah. And you just kind of like immediately as soon as people start talking, you're just like, I want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Is, I don't like this. Okay. Um, but the cinematography for his work is mm. just amazing. Uh, fucking The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. Mother had an interesting thing because it, it made me uncomfortable by putting me really close mm. and using really warm colors on okay. the characters. And then Jorgos Lanthimos did the exact opposite on Killing of a Sacred Deer. It mm. put me super wide. Yeah. 
and like super just like disconnected with what was happening on screen. Everything mm. was like super white and clinical. And it was just like the way people talk, I was just like, ah, fucking get out. I don't like this at all. It makes me uncomfortable. And I was like looking for, I went to see it with Louise mm. and I was looking for confirmation. About LC it. Pills. Fucking ghetto ass horns. Yes. She said, I, I sent her the screenshot because we talked and mm-hmm. I sent her a screenshot. She said, just bring it in. We'll do the, I'll be doing ghetto ass horns the entire time. Nice. And she responded, <laughs> fuck your ghetto horns. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's definitely happening. Yeah. But I went to see, I went to see a fucking killing of a sacred deer with Louise. Mm-hmm. And there was a dude behind me that I could see between the seats. Yeah. And there were moments on the screen that were like literally so uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. that I looked for comfort mm-hmm. at Louise. I looked at her and I was just like, just please tell me that this is what I'm seeing on screen. Yeah. And then I looked at the guy behind me to like ask for more conversation, mm. more confirmation. And he looks at me in the screen and he just goes like, yep, that's happening. Like, yeah. And I was like, all right, fuck, yeah. thank you for giving me what I needed. Yeah. It was just, it's just, it's an uncomfortable movie. Mm. The performances are purposely uncomfortable. The cinematography puts you on edge. Mm. The situation is weird. It's, it's a weird movie that is as effect. Like the lobster was really good at making me laugh. Mm. It was as effective as a lobster in making me uncomfortable. It was fantastic. I nice. loved the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, this is I, saying something because, like, the movies, the TV shows, and movies that make you uncomfortable, like you typically don't. It, yes, it's like you were like, no, it's good, but it <laughs> makes me uncomfortable, so I don't like it. Like this yeah. one makes you uncomfortable, and you still very much enjoy it. Yeah, huh. and and I enjoyed it because uh, apart from being uncomfortable, it mm-hmm. looks absolutely gorgeous. Okay, so I'm stuck in this balance of like, I don't want to look at the screen, but mm-hmm. it looks so pretty. Okay. Kind of thing. Like, the movie opens with a 30-second shot of open-heart surgery. Mm. And you're just kind of like, oh, why? Okay. Um, but it, it just, I just love Giorgo's, like, unapologetic filmmaking. Yes. Like, he will do what he wants on that camera, mm. and you're going to have to fucking sit there and take it. Okay. Uh, but unlike Aronofsky, he doesn't come off as pretentious All right. when he dies his things, which is nice. It was That's a nice cool. movie. It's a fucking cool movie. I recommend it. Uh, if you haven't seen The Lobster, go see The Lobster. If you haven't seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer, mm. still showing. I think it's a fantastic fucking movie. Okay. Uh, I also saw uh, Thor. Yep. Which you're going to go see today. Yes. Right after Pro- the podcast, yeah. Yeah. Probably the best Marvel movie that's come out to date. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> save my, my judgment. Yeah, you'll save your judgment. Because, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's hard. It's gonna, I'm going to be hard-pressed to walk out of there and saying that this movie is better, better than, than the Guardians first of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was walking out thinking the same thing. And you're right. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is more effective as a comedy. Mm. But I think that Taika Waititi's style mm. of directing is just so much more interesting mm. than like what James Gunn did in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like mm. I, just like, I just like Waititi's humor. Okay. But... It's it's a very good movie. I think it's if it's not the best Marvel movie, it's right up there with Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, and I it was super fun. Easily like, easily better than the first Avengers. Yeah, like first of it, like don't scoff on the first Avengers. First now. Avengers was fine. From the first Avengers was good. I love. I, I, okay, like, that, like like you scoffed on yeah. Avengers, like that was not a very good movie. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I'll be Come honest on with now. You. The scoff was in response because the first thing I thought of was Ultron. The like, no, no, First Avengers. First Avengers. (laughs) Yeah. First Avengers was really good. Yes. But it was nowhere near as much fun Mm. as Thor is. Okay. Thor is just fun to watch. Okay. Um, The first Avenger was really cool, Mm. um, and like the special effects looked amazing and everything. But it was it was not necessarily fun. Okay. 
Thor is a fun movie. All like, right. You're, you're in there and you're going to go there for a good time. Okay. It's like, it's, it's got that Taika style of like. And, we, and we're, com- we're coming off of Spider-Man Homecoming, yeah. which was a great movie in which itself Which is really too. good. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not, Spider-Man shouldn't be mentioned with Thor, you think? No, well, they're so, they're in the same vein. They're in the same vein of like being fun to watch. Um, but Spider-Man had a little bit more seriousness in it. I guess than like, Thor. I'm, tr- I'm just trying to see what, like, yeah. set my expectations because you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, am I going in that this shits on everything Marvel has done, or is it like kind of in the pocket with like Guardians and Spider-Man? It's definitely in, in terms of comedy, in yeah. terms of writing, it's definitely in the pocket of Guardians okay. and Spider-Man. All right. Um, in terms of just being entertained by a movie, yeah, I think it easily overtakes a lot of the Marvel movies. Guardians, Spider-Man. Uh, like those, those are the only Guardians, Spider-Man, and um, the first Avengers are the only ones that I even recognize as good. Really, I think that in terms of entertainment, I think that if it can, it definitely overtakes the first Avengers. Okay. I think it's it's on a fighting ground with with Spider-Man, with and, Spider-Man and Guardians. And Guardians. Of the Galaxy. Okay. Um, That's a good recommendation. Yeah. I like that. Okay. But it's it's very good, man. Yeah. Like Taika did because Thor movies have been drab and kind the of second boring. one was yeah yeah I like the first one me too second one flopped yep. I just thought it was garbage same um, but this one kind of puts Thor back in a way that mm. you're just like oh okay, Thor's fun too okay you know because Thor has always been kind of the drab serious yeah. like character yep. and this guy makes Thor for Thor fun. fun okay um, which is probably one of the best things I can say about a Marvel movie at this point. Like, it's fucking fun. Yeah, make it fun, yeah. Um, so, Taika, I love that guy as a director. His humor is fantastic. Nice. He makes a cameo in the movie. Of course he would. And, like, <laughs> it's just, it's, I, I don't think you'll identify it, because he probably won't. He, he does CG capture. Mm. Uh, so, his voice is the cameo. So, if you haven't heard Taika, you won't recognize his voice. Okay. Um, but watch out for the Kiwi accent. Okay. And there's a cameo at the beginning mm. that you will laugh a lot at. I won't tell you who it is. Stanley, uh, no. <laughs> Jonathan told me the same thing. I was like, Stanley, he's gonna be. Yeah, he's nah, gonna be in there. Okay, it's another cameo at the beginning. You're gonna recognize it as soon as you see it. You're okay, be like what the fuck? All right. Um, but yeah, Thor, really good movie. Yeah, Killing of a Sacred Deer, fantastic movie. Yep. Uh, I finished Ranger Things finally. Yes. I don't know if I mentioned that. No, you episode. were episode seven last week. Yep. So I finished it. Nice. And I thought definitely not as strong as the first season in mm-hmm. terms of writing because yep. they're definitely setting up for more seasons. Mm-hmm. But so emotionally satisfying. Yes. As a season ending. Oh, yeah. Just like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. When I saw, like, Mike and Eleven, like, Eleven popped up at the prom door. Yeah. I was just like, yay. Yes. (laughs) It was great. I loved um, the character that I was talking about last week, um, Steve's, like, Mm -hmm. um, antagonist. I can't remember his name for shit. Billy. Billy is, like... The I guess from podcasting and thinking about characters and everything like that, mm-hmm. the way um, that I was very indifferent towards uh, Jenny and Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. and you was like, well, it's like I sympathize with her just because of the cir- her circumstances con- uh, made her what she is, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what Billy is. It's like I I sympathize with him because like I couldn't really see it in a female, I guess, but like seeing it in Billy, I'm like, oh no, I identify with a person that can become like an aggressive douchebag, yeah. you know, because his circumstances at home has led him to become that, but within him, there's still something very genuine that wants to help people though you know but um yeah I, we're probably gonna see a lot more of that as mm. he becomes another character oh yeah in the show kind of has like a more redeemable mm-hmm. arc yeah um i i hated billy the mm-hmm. entire time until yeah. they gave me that slice of his home life where his dad was an abusive cock yep and then i was just like all right this that's is why. just a cycle yep he can redeem himself later mm-hmm. on and that's probably what they're gonna do yeah so right now i'm indifferent about billy but hopefully uh, he's, he's, he's a good guy, though. Like I said, he he helped he helped the guy. He helped Steve play basketball. Showed him how to play basketball better. Yeah. You know? He also beat the crap out of him in the 
other episode. Yeah, he deserved that. That's fine. He deserved that. <laughs> I was an ass whooping. <laughs> it's like they went to fight. He was like, hey, you want to fight? You want to bring it on? Then bring that shit on. Yeah. Steve hits him and then doesn't realize what he's got himself into. I mean, yeah. Because Billy is like, oh, no, I'm very accustomed to punishment. So if you want <laughs> to do this, and let's go all the way. And then by the time that Steve was like spent from giving all of his energy towards an ass whooping that he was not going to be able to win, right. then Steve had to get his ass whooped. I mean, it's fair. It's like if I punch you in the face, then you have to punch me in the face. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I mean, yeah. It is what it is, but just Steve Steve did not know what he was into. I, I definitely feel like Billy. It was, was fun aggressor. for Billy. I mean, uh, Billy yeah. just Billy didn't even hit him back at first, though. Billy just took the punches and allowed Steve to pummel him in the face. I mean, yeah, but he instigated the fight. Like, Billy was the guy that instigated the violence. Very, very much did, yes. Yeah. Uh, B- Billy wants that violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, 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 well. I, I, I still kind of disagree with that, too, because Steve lied. Yeah, Steve lied because his sister is about to fucking, like, his, like he knows that he's an abusive cunt towards his sister. Mm-hmm. The sister's hanging out with, like, the black kid, which Billy's very much racist towards. Yes, very, very uh, racist towards. So, it's, I feel like Steve is just going, like, well, this guy's a cunt. Mm-hmm. His sister is just hanging out with us because yep. she might fucking die. Possibly. So let me just let me just give her this. Mm-hmm. Let me just give her Are, a night with her fucking friends. Should, should there have been any consequences behind the lie, though? Do you think? Like you know, what I'm saying, like if he, I'm not annoyed that they got in a fight. Yeah, because he yeah. Lied. That's what I'm saying. I, th- I felt, yeah. feel like that was something that was gonna happen. Like if you go up and then like uh, Mr. T walks up and was like, "Where's my sister, fool?" Right. And they'd be like, I, I, "I don't, I don't know where your sister's at. I'm, I'm sorry." They'd be like, "Well, I see it right there in the window, fool. Pity the fool. Whoop your ass." I'm like, "Okay, now I'm gonna get my ass whooped by somebody because yeah. I'm hiding his sister inside of my house." So it's like, and that's uh, fair. Yeah, but that also wasn't the reason Billy wanted a fight. <laughs> No, Billy would have wanted to fight regardless. Yeah, that's what Billy I'm saying. Billy wants to fight. So listen, <laughs> point is, I, I, Billy can fuck off for now. All right. I'm saving judgment on him. Okay. But for the moment, he's fine being a fucking mullet-wearing Douchebag asshole. Douchebag asshole, yeah. Um, I don't think he has a mullet, though. But he does have a mullet. You think it's a mullet? That's a fucking mullet. Ah, I don't know. That is a mullet, mate. I mean, it's kind of long in the back, but it's just like it's very pronounced all the way around, though. No, that is definitely like like square mullet. The sides are, you think the sides are pushed in enough for mullet action? Yeah, it's definitely definitely a mullet because a mullet is just like, a mullet can be anything as long as it looks kind of square. Squared back and going back and, and hanging down. Yeah. That's did, a mullet. I mean, I know I'm very yeah. aware of what a mullet is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what I'm saying is like, I, I just didn't feel like, like, all right, so the way that your hair is now, like, if you pushed it backwards, would that be considered a mullet? No, no, no. no. I think, I think the, it has to be the sides of the hair yeah, are shorter than the top. That's what I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think that was true with him. I don't know. It looked like a mullet. I mean, I'll call it a mullet just to yeah. like. Maybe like talk a shit loose about mullet? him, but maybe yeah. I didn't. I didn't think yeah. it was a mullet, but I don't. Maybe it is a mullet. I don't yeah. know. I'm pretty sure it's a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe um, so. But uh, I finished that, and yeah. it was fantastic. Had a great time. Uh, I love the cast. Yes, like, the main cast for oh, that yeah. show. I fucking love it. Yeah, and it's probably it's probably one of my favorite TV shows. Not because it's better than a lot of TV shows, but because it's the only TV show you watch. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I've been watching. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> You're not wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> it is one of my favorite TV shows because it's the only TV show I have completed in like two years. <laughs> I finished a TV show. No, you, you know, you, uh, Jessica, Jessica Jones. You Jessica finished Jones, all that. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's one of my one. favorite TV shows. Yeah, um, but not because it's better. Mm. Because I just have so much, much, so much fun mm. watching it. It is. It's a very I, fun show. Yeah, and I think that's been like my my problem with a lot of content lately. Mm. It's just not fun. 
A okay. lot of stuff is not fun. Mm-hmm. So I just want to watch some fun shit. So I went to watch Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. The movie is interesting. Like, the movie has an interesting premise, an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's a concept that if Wes Anderson directed it, it would be amazing. Okay. Um, but whoever directed it now was just so boring and dull with the visuals mm. that I'm just kind of like, you just wasted a m- pretty good script on mm. really bland visuals. Okay. <sighs> so like mm. I, I was, I left to the movie. I left the movie for 20 minutes and I went to hang out with the other bartender mm. and I came back and I knew exactly what was happening. Yeah, I'm not gonna see that. Yeah, so don't see it. It's mm. not worth it. Mm. But that being said, yeah. Uh, the color grade was pretty. Okay. And the lighting was nice. And mm-hmm. the editing was okay. Okay. But it was just boring the entire time. Sheesh. It was fucking ugh. And, uh, that doesn't sound great. Yeah, it's kind of like the Suburbicon thing. It was just like, it should have been a good movie, but it just wasn't mm. a good movie. Okay. And then, um, I feel like I had one more thing. Oh, it was a news article. Mm. So we, we're dealing with the whole sexual assault thing on mm. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And uh, Louis C.K.'s thing finally broke out. Oh my fucking god! Fuck! Fuck everybody! Fuck yeah. everybody! I, like this, this shit. Right? Like I'm, I wanna, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, guess, you. I guess we're what, right. I guess what I was saying, because like I was like, because I was championing, championing Louis C.K. about a year and a half ago, two years ago, mm-hmm. and I was also saying, well, he's also possibly a sexual predator. Yeah. And every time I, I said this, it was shot down. Like, it was like, no, Louis C.K., we love Louis C.K. Like, no, he wouldn't do anything like that. I haven't seen anything. And and also, why... Did why, I shut it down? Yes. Yeah. I, I talked right. about this with uh, with Chase Hildenbrand, and then I was like, so fuck you if you're listening to Chase Hildenbrand. You was like, he's not listening. No, he's not. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, but yeah, this is like two years ago. So I'm like, the, 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 the whispers were out there. Women were coming forward and, and saying these things, but it was just in whispers, and now it's finally coming to light. No. There's a, there's another person that, that um, it got shut down to because he's fucking uh, Ben Affleck's brother, but K- Casey Affleck. The thi- okay, another- I, I have my opinions about the Casey Affleck case because mm-hmm. um, I, I talk with that case about Devin a lot, mm-hmm. but let me let you finish your thought. Yeah, all right, this is another thing about Casey Affleck, and it's just, well, I'm, I'm going to let you finish your because I have the, the whole opening that I haven't even gotten to yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> with, yeah, go ahead. So my, my problem with the Casey Affleck case is that it, it happened immediately after he made a, he, he was on a project mm-hmm. um, that the two people that accused him of a project went on defer payment. Yeah. Uh, so if the movie made money, they would get paid, but the movie did not make money. Mm-hmm. And so they still wanted money. And Kevin Space and Kevin fucking Casey Affleck. Yeah. Casey Affleck was just like, the contract says that I don't have to pay you because mm. we didn't make the money required by law for me to pay you according to this contract. You're talking about the sexual assault allegations? Yeah, yeah, against okay. Casey Affleck. Yes. And so uh, that was the case. He couldn't pay them yeah. because uh, the movie didn't make enough money to get paid. Mm. So then a uh, sexual assault allegation conveniently happened mm. immediately after that disagreement. Yeah. And he settled out of court. He yep. settled in court out of public view. Yep. So he can't legally talk about the case. Mm. Um, but everything that I've read about Casey Affleck's sexual assault allegations mm-hmm. look like it was just extortion possibly um, for the deferment of like this movie. It could um, very well be possible. Yeah, yeah. very well be. Yes. And I don't, I don't like everyone that believes that Casey Affleck did do the things that he's alligator for. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you, but based on what I've read about Casey Affleck mm-hmm. and like the people that I've talked to about Casey Affleck, yeah. it looks like that specific case was purely a measure of extortion by two people that wanted some sort of ulterior motive. That's possible. Yeah. yeah. However, mm-hmm. the Louis C.K. shit that mm-hmm. you were right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it's not even something that I wanted to be right about. Yeah. It was just something that I wanted to make people aware too. Yeah. And the same thing with Casey Affleck. I don't want to be right, you know, saying that he's a sexual predator. Right. I want people to be aware that this is a possibility. So whenever you're going in, like, I just, it upset me that it was just shut down 
um, that Louis C.K. that it's even possible because the way that a lot of people think now is if this is my favorite thing, if my favorite if my favorite thing is uh, tainted in any way, then I can no longer like this thing. Yeah, right. So it's that they'll shut down anything negative so they can keep enjoying the thing. That's what I'm saying. You can enjoy Casey Affleck. We can all enjoy Casey Affleck, but just let's be aware that this person possibly might not be as great as we think this person yeah. is. Same thing with Louis C.K. is just I have a problem with um, the, the the part in the phrase, but throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. You know, it's like Louis C.K. has done a lot of great comedy. He's he's helped me in personal growth as yeah. far as like with this material he really has. But it's just like so because of the terrible things that he has done, should should like I said, should we be throwing the baby out with the bathwater? I should forget all of the the good uh, things that he's done for the community, the jobs that he's given for people, the uh, the comedy that he he's brought, and the the personal growth that he's yeah. helped me excel with. Should I forget all of that? You know, I because think not. I, I I don't think you should. Ex exactly. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Is just I feel like we're just going a little bit too far with just shutting everything down. Yeah. You know, like the the George Washington stuff and the things that they're doing right now with saying uh, taking down uh, monuments and statues of great leaders from the uh, the, the 1800s and 1900s. Yeah. I thought uh, they were just doing it for Confederate. No, 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 no. Well, see, this, that's what they started. They started yeah. with um, with just Confederate generals, but then they were like, "Well, what about George Washington? He owned slaves, you know." Well, you know, that's exactly that's what I'm saying. It's like there, you can it find definitely gets ridiculous. Yes, one, you can find the good and bad in every single yeah. person, and I don't think just because uh, we have that um, dichotomy that 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 exists within us that we should just shut down the thing completely because we are able to recognize that darkness. Right. You know? No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, the, on the, like, the Louis C.K. thing, I was, like, always distancing myself. Like, I feel like he wore me down mm. enough. But, like, hearing it, it made me realize, like, okay, fuck, Louis, you showed me, like, just like maybe talking yeah. about him. Yeah. It's like, all right, Louis C.K. might be one of these predators. Yeah. And, like, I sort of distanced myself away from his comedy and content a little bit. Mm. Um, but now that the stories come out, it's, it's, it's always that conversation of, like, I mean, I really liked like three of his specials I really mm. like some of the comedies made does that yeah. mean I don't get to like Louis C.K. stuff anymore exactly like if I acknowledge it publicly does mm. that mean that so suddenly I'm a rape apologist or whatever exactly no um, mm. but uh, the reason I bring all of this stuff up because Louis C.K. has a thing mm. um, George Takei has a thing now oh yeah uh, which oh my <laughs> I love Star Trek. I'm sorry. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> Which I don't know if that one has played out to be true or mm -hmm. fake in allegations. Kevin Spacey's thing came out. Mm -hmm. um, he's kicked out of House of Cards. Yeah. So we got all these people with stuff coming on. Mariah oh, Carey fucking Goose, has Goose a story. from Top Gun. Uh, Goose from Top Gun. Mm -hmm. uh, all of this shit is coming out. Yeah. And then Brett Ratner, mm -hmm. Ellen Page posted a thing yep. like two days ago mm -hmm. about Brent Ratner being a disgusting piece of shit on the set of X-Men Last Stand. Yeah. When Ellen Page was like 16 or 18. Young girl, yeah. Uh, and so he's got another thing about him. But then Gal Gadot came in and he was just like, hey, Brent Ratner's producing uh, our Wonder Woman movies and my Justice League movies. Mm -hmm. So either you get him the fuck out of there or I won't be Wonder Woman anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And it was fucking amazing, and mm -hmm. they got him kicked out of the production house, and he's no longer like affiliated financially with any of the productions for the Justice League, yeah, or any movie that Wonder Woman would be Wonder Woman in. See, and it's amazing. And that is how you use your your power and yeah. your influence in Hollywood. Not to rate people, not to have them watch you masturbate in the room. Yep. You use your power and your influence in Hollywood to get pieces of shit out of the rooms. Yeah, like that's that's what she's properly using her her power right there. Like yeah. that's what I like to see. And I applaud her immensely for it because first yeah. of all, it's amazingly brave mm -hmm. for someone who, until last year, was essentially in the same trap that a lot of people are. Yeah, and now she has a great career ahead of her. Yep. 
and she chose to risk it by saying, get this guy out of my fucking face. Yes. And everybody in Hollywood just went like, fuck, I guess she's right. We got to get him out. Yeah. And, 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 and whatever motive was, it really was just financial, mm. you know, logic, logical reasoning that got, her, got him out of there and yeah. kept her as Wonder Woman yeah. at this point. But it happened. Mm-hmm. And so now Brett Radner is unassociated with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And he's essentially going to be blacklisted from yep. that production. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that it happens for a lot of other productions. And uh, people like people need to do that more. Yes. People like like big stars need to go like, if he's working, I will not be in your movie. Yeah. And and, and that's how you shut these people out. Mm-hmm. So Gogado, fucking hell yeah for you. Uh, like, I was really impressed by reading that story. And I just want more people to do that. Because yeah. that's how you... You take away their wallets, they listen. I was I was um, looking at the two responses from two different men, um, both within Hollywood. You had one in Louis C.K. and one in Kevin Spacey, and how they chose to respond to the allegations against the him. Kevin Spacey one was weird. I mean, yeah. like like there, there's not there's there's not a way that you can come out on top on either yeah, way. Yeah. Like you can deny it forever, you can never respond. You can have a response like Kevin Spacey, or you can just come flat out and and say what happened, like Louis C.K. did. Mm-hmm. Like none of it is gonna um, gonna clear you of the, right. uh, the, the terrible things you've done. But Kevin Spacey's though this. This is the the most wild, ridiculous response that I've ever seen. Like, me and Tessa <laughs> were just making fun of this yesterday at Walmart. Now, all right, so did you? Are you talking about the fake post, or did he come out at an interview and said something? No, when, when he when he came out in the interview and uh, said that he came out as gay. Okay, because because I read it in a Facebook post. I don't know. I don't know about this. Oh no 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 no! no. Like fa- maybe the Facebook post is right, but I'm just saying like what he what I know the okay. actual said. But um, but yeah, they they accused him of the um the sexual misconduct, and then he came out in his first public statement and saying that he's been a closeted gay man for his entire <laughs> life, and yada yada yada. And I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with <laughs> anything right now? You're being accused of sexual molestation, you know, against a, a, a teenager, a kid, you know, from back then. And your response is, oh, well, um, but gay. you didn't know that I've been closetedly gay and uh, ostracized from my community for about 20 or 30 years. So instead of like coming down on me, you should be actually feeling bad for me, yeah. for me having to hide myself for so long. It's just like like being in Walmart and then he's like carrying away a whole bunch of shit and trying to steal shit. And he's walking out of the door. And the alarms are going off. Oh, excuse, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. You're, you're stealing a whole bunch of stuff. You can't steal that stuff. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, but what you didn't realize is that I've actually been gay for 20 years. <laughs> and um, you're like, what? What does that have to do? That, that has so nothing to do. The, nothing to do with that. The Facebook post was essentially the same thing. Mm. He just like apologized, said that it happened 30 years ago, mm. and then uh, that he doesn't remember it happening, and that mm. if he did do it, that he apologized immensely and like would talk to whoever needed whatever responsibility. But then immediately after saying that, he goes, and just uh, over the last like 10 years or so, I've been cho- I've chosen to live my life as a gay man. Which is like Kevin. What? Like this that is the worst time to come out. That is like literally nothing to do with what's happening. It has nothing to do with that. And and you're using it you're hiding under the rainbow. Yes. Get the fuck out of there. We don't need you, mate. Oh no, he has to be kicked out. He has yeah. to be kicked out. You can't no, you can't you can't just like join the uh, the LGBTQ community as like a, a um, like you said, an umbrella to kind yeah. of shield him from all the bullshit that's about to come at him. Oh no. There no. will be no protection. Get out. No no. We don't need you. <laughs> 
Definitely not. The, the rainbow doesn't it's not doesn't rape people. No, like that's 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 <laughs> terrible. That's a terrible. I, I laugh pretty hard at the whole Kevin Spacey thing yeah. because now there are there are memes everywhere. Yep. And and one of my favorite memes that I keep seeing is just like when someone clearly does something wrong, mm. like it, politics or whatever. It's yeah. just like, hey, I signed this bill saying that blah blah blah. blah someone gets fucked now. Yeah. And it's like, but I'm gay. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't remember it, but yeah. Uh, so it's ridiculous. It's fucking. It's upsetting. Uh, I it, it sucks. Kevin Spacey is one of my favorite actors, mm-hmm. and and now I got to reconcile the fact that he's he fiddled kids. Yes, and, and still still gonna watch House of Cards. Still still gonna watch the Cosby Show. Still kill still, him off. Yeah, still still gonna watch Louis C.K.'s shows and his comedy. As I'm saying, it's like, but it just just be aware of yeah. what these people are. And Matt Madman, Madman is one of my favorite television shows of all time. Like I will rank it in top five, and I found out that the creator Matthew Weiner was. Um, uh, what, what did he say? He, he told one of the head writers on the show that she was she, Emmy Award winning writers that um, that she, he, he had earned or uh, I forgot the exact uh, nomenclature, but uh, somewhere along the lines that that she that she should dress in front of him because he deserved to see her naked or he had earned the right to see her naked so, somewhere Fuck along those guy, lines. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm like, that is it's just like I'm, you're hearing this more and more and more and more and it's just either you're going to have to only watch fucking, um, what, what's, what's the guy that, uh, Hot Pocket... Uh, you know what I'm talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? J- uh, Jim Gaffigan. Oh. You're o- <laughs> either, either you're only going to be able to watch Jim Gaffigan, and, and not even it's not even Jim Gaffigan. That's the point that I'm trying to get across. It's just it's like, like really safe. But just it's not safe. People, that are, yeah. It is not safe because you're, like, you're going to find out that Pee Wee Herman is going to masturbate in the bathroom in, in, in the movie theater. The safest person for the kids. Yeah. He's going to go do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like there is no safe. You have to realize that like, there is a dichotomy within people. Just like you, the person that's listening, you're not a great person and you're not an evil person either. Right. You've probably done a little bit of both. You know, But you may not be going out as far and doing the, the terrible things that these people are doing. Mm-hmm. But, but what, what I'm saying is you have to realize, like, you can't just shut. You have to always Consider the possibility. Yes, that someone is that they're, they're they're not yeah. as great as they they possibly mm-hmm. seem to be. Right. You know, and and if that's the case, you have to make come to your own conclusion. Either you're okay with continuing to support or watch their their content, or you are not. But just know that there is a possibility, and it's just. It it just hurt me, but that that just when you say this is a possibility, they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> like what? No, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know, I like I like feel bad retro like retroactively. Yeah. Um, defending Louis C.K. so hard for like the first year yeah. where that was whispering. Yeah. Um, because that that's what happened. It happens. It? Yeah. It happens. You you sort of go like, nah, Louis C.K. can't do that, and mm. then five years later, yeah, you fucking find out that he did it. So then he's like. Well, fuck! I'm sorry for the victims. Like, I yes, didn't, very you know, sorry. For I the just victims. wanted to believe that Louis C.K. wasn't was a great that guy. asshole. Yeah, um, but it's it's complicated. The whole relationship between an artist and their work yeah. is is bizarre. But uh, I mean, and, and people are getting found out. People are getting yes. kicked out of the movies. Yep. Hopefully, there's some change happening. Yeah. Uh, and the way I, I I sort of reconcile with it is uh, if there's like an up and coming talent mm. that is in some way associated in a product that these other people are in. Yeah. Um, I think they have to benefit more from my viewership mm. than the person that is currently being accused of anything, whatever. Mm. Mm. So I'd be okay with like fully supporting that piece of content because it's yep. for the benefit of new talent yes. coming out. Uh, 
that's how I reconcile it. But I, I don't think I'll watch any Louis C.K. special soon. I would I would I suggest like um, checking out uh, Tig Notaro's One Mississippi. Uh, mm-hmm. Louis C.K. is the executive producer on there. But like I said, the she season... She fucking rips him apart, she, apparently. Yeah. She ripped him apart in that season. Like, I came back and talked on podcasts. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen a celebrity torn apart the way that Tig Notaro did. And this is before the allegations were all out there. Like, right. she was just trying to let you see exactly how terrible of a person Louis C.K. is, you know, visually. So, um, but the, yeah. the interesting case about Louis, I know we we're talking about this for a long time, but I think it's important to talk yeah. about it. Interesting thing about Louis C.K.'s case specifically is that Gawker did a story on him mm. two or four years, three or four, maybe five years ago. Okay. And the story almost killed the journalist's career. Mm. Um, it just got swamped down. People like shut it down and did whatever. Yeah. And then now the Washington Post came out. It was just like bad timing five years ago because mm. nobody wanted to address the problem no. five years ago. Uh, and now, because they really have no choice but to address it, because yeah. so many people have started coming out about it. Yeah. Uh, now it's when like the story sort of took traction again, and it make it, it, it makes you wonder, like, like yeah, that happened to be like bad timing five years ago, but while their stories are hiding from ten, seven years ago that we never heard of, mm-hmm. they're gonna start coming out now. Oh yeah. And all that stuff. Um, so it's, it's media, media, man. Like, it's obviously been manipulated to, like, keep more shit out of the way. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, like, my most, I don't know if this is a rational thought process, but, mm-hmm. excuse me, uh, you should just support more women in the industry. Uh, I mean, that, uh, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just, yeah. I'm supporting people, like, good people. Like no, 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 I know, people, I know like what you mean. Men, but... or, men or women, good people. Like, there's a lot of good men out there. Like, mm-hmm. wh- regardless of, like, what the internet is saying, is just bashing men. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of terrible, shitty men. And I agree, there's probably more terrible, shitty men than there are terrible, shitty women. But it's just, I don't want to throw all men out there and only put my energy no, no, towards no. the women. Right. Like, if you're a good person, like, I believe that you're a good person, Brian. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I want to support you, a good person. You know, and then a, a woman, support her the good person as well you didn't didn't let me finish I mean oh that might be a separate thought from yours because I wasn't saying that just like bash all men no 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 no, I appreciate the thought no you didn't say bash men you just said support women yeah I appreciate the thought of like sort of supporting good people yeah but I think that we're at a point where like we're seeing a tipping balance Mm. and just based on like the trend that are happening right now like women coming out in Hollywood yeah this is the right time to support more female talent in Mm. the industry um, because it'll, first of all, it'll promote some healthy notion of change. Mm. And I'm not saying, like, don't support men that are doing good work and are good people, but this is the perfect time to be more supportive and more publicly supportive of females in the industry because it'll promote the change that we need. Because mm. females being the prim- the primordial victim of these kind of allegations happening, if mm. they have public backing and public support, mm. we're more likely to see uh, changes being made because now they'll have more power within the industry and they'll have more mm. ways to affect the industry themselves. So, like, this okay. is the right time to probably be supporting a lot of female talent. I'm not uh, saying bash men. No, 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 no. You're definitely not saying that. Don't support men. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I can't all the way get... Like, you know, like, I've been yeah. on strong females, like, my entire life. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's all I'm all about. But I, I can't like lean towards supporting women any more than I already do. It's like I right, support, right, right. I support women. I'm not talking to you, really. I'm talking to, to women listeners, that yeah. Listen, yeah. yeah, that's what, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like if you're, if you're not, if, you, if you're a person that's out there not supporting women, then, then yeah, start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, if, if you're not supporting women in general, then you should start doing that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, uh, support, support good people, man. Like, yeah. but it's something yeah. that I've been working on where like, I know a lot of really talented actresses. Yeah. 
but I don't know their names. Mm. Why do I not know their names mm. if I like their work? Okay. But I know most of the male counterparts that they've acted with. Okay. So, like, that's what I'm talking about. Know their names, learn what they're doing, follow their work, keep track of them. Because um, there are other people that are going to sort of make changes happening in the industry. Okay. So that's kind of because I, I know a lot of female actresses that I love, but fuck me if I know half their names. Speaking of a great female actress, I just finished season two of Lady Dynamite. Fuck yeah, that Ma- came Maria out. Bamford. How was that? Uh, that was so much better than the first season. The first season was great, and this season, like she, like I said, she hires. That's what I was talking about the Tignataro mm-hmm. show. Like it's it's executive produced by Louis C.K., but they're um, the actresses that she's hiring are all within the community, and it's mostly women. Right. You know, and that same thing we're getting with um, with uh, Lady Dynamite. She's hiring like mostly women. Like uh, Sarah Silverman's been able has come on um, a lot a lot of female comedians. But I mean, this is a great great. Um, shouldn't be using the word great. Good, good <laughs> television show. I mean, it's not great. It's not like an A-plus show. Wait, are you, talking, are you just talking about Maria Lady Dynamite? Bamford? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not great, great. Right. Yeah, but it, it is good, good. It is, okay. a, it is a very good, good show that is uh, on Netflix, finished season two. Now, if we're talking great, great, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll save that word for the show Mindhunter. Mindhunter. I haven't seen it yet. I've seen episodes. Mm-hmm. I've seen two Episode episodes. one, you think, yeah. Episode one yeah. and half and the first minute of episode two. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a. Vi- that's a great, great show. That's yes. not a good, good. That is great, great. Cool. Like in, in a show, it's like it's. I don't, I don't like. You have to draw me in pretty early. So you're either going to have to blow like forty percent of your budget on the first episode in order to to drag me in for a full series, or the writing for the first episode has to be enough to make me want to watch four more episodes after that, at the very least. And the first episode of Mindhunter, you get to see a guy butt-ass naked walking out there in a negotiation situation with a sawed-off shotgun, place it up under under his jaw, and blow his fucking brains out. Yep. Well, not even his brains, his entire head off of his shoulders. Yep. You know, very first episode. So, I mean, it, it, it go, the characters are great, um, visually is good, cinematography is good, writing is good. I mean, Anna Torv is in that, too. Who? Anna Torv. She's, uh, she's, she's a big lead. I don't know. Hmm. What her character role is, but she's she was in French. She was the main lead in Fringe. Oh, I didn't see French. Uh, so anyway, okay. Anna Thorvison, though, she's really good. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. Mind Mind Hunter. Uh, if if you're into, if you ever seen the the show uh, True Crime on, uh, was it True Crime? True Detective. Have you ever seen the uh, season one of True Detective? And you really enjoy that, you will love Mind Hunter. But that's I, that's I have two issues with Mind Hunters, mm-hmm. just based on what I've seen. Yeah. The color palette bothers me. That's what I liked about it. Really? Yes. I think the, the color palette bothers me a little. Because remember we were talking a couple of weeks ago, it was yeah. like how we got all the neons and the colors and everything. Yeah. So I'm like, we're going to get something that's going to be so opposed to that. And it's going to be like, yeah, we're going to go back to the grays and the like Jason Bourne <laughs> type yeah. stuff. And I'm like, that's what I'm seeing with the Mindhunter. They just took all that color shit down. Here's some okay. yellows. Here's some uh, some green, some drab. It feels very, like I said, drab. But it's the 70s as well, though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know what they're going for. It's just like, like in the interior scenes like make me just sad because mm. it's just blue. Yes, it's very blue. Um, <laughs> Uh, and some of the writing is weird. Mm, like some of the some of the dialogue lines are just kind of like, do people really talk like that? In seventies, uh, no, you, not j- even you like jive, you jive sucker. Not even <laughs> like like the the slang or whatever. It's mm. just like the way the dialogue is structured. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like the way people communicate with each other. Oh, like, you mean like a um, what's what's the guy? Um, uh, very one of the best writers in the uh, United States. Uh, Sorkin? S- Sorkin, yeah. yeah, like a Sorkin type of dialogue back and forth. No, it, it definitely because David Fincher is a great director, yeah. and I love the way he presents dialogue scenes. Yeah. Uh, but there's something about Mindhunter that I've seen. There was like two. The, the, my main example comes from a bar, like a scene in the bar in episode two, okay. I think, 
where after he met the guy that's talking about uh, the world is changing, so we don't know what the motivations of crime are yep. and whatever. Yep. They go to a bar and they're talking and oh. their dialogue is fine. Mm-hmm. But then he t- starts talking with this lady. Yes. And the whole dialogue with this lady was just like, what the fuck are you talking I about? I agree with that. Yeah. I 100% agree. Wow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Because I'm like, I've been in many of bars and tried to pick up women or have a woman try to pick you up or whatever, mm-hmm. but they, it never, those encounters never go like that. It's like, it seemed <laughs> like it was written by a guy who's never picked up a woman in a bar before. And, and yeah, and that's not even, it, that may be true, that, it, but yeah, I've yeah. never had that experience either, so mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that. It, but, but you can you can feel things that are authentic and yeah, non-authentic. It just felt unnatural. It was not natural. <laughs> and it felt like, like so he was just like, do I really look like an arc? And it was like, yeah, you do. You can spot it a mile away. And then, and he mentioned the black panners hanging out in the corner. Yep. And so he's like, you could use a good looking black guy in the FBI. And I'm just like, people don't talk like this. <laughs> nope. This is not dialogue. No. This is just filler for the next bit. Yeah. Stop. Cut mm-hmm. away. Yep. That being said, Fincher is a great director. So yeah. I'm giving the show a chance. No, it's very good. Yes. But some of the dialogue fucking gets on my taste. I'll have to agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 at least in that one particular moment, 100% It's a very small nitpick. Yeah. But... When I'm in a dialogue scene and like suddenly I understand that the dialogue's not going It'll anywhere. It'll take you out of it, yeah. I'm just like, all right, I guess it's time for me to get a fucking drink. Yep. I, I can I can agree <laughs> on that. And and another show, one last one, uh The Deuce. Uh The Deuce has uh, James Franco and uh Maggie Gyllenhaal on uh HBO. Great, great, great show. Maggie. Oh, Maggie's doing I love her thing. Maggie. She's uh she plays a, a crack whore prostitute. Solid. Yeah. yeah solid. <laughs> I actually don't even know if she does any crack, but she is a whore, though. All right. All right. Well, so. I don't know what this show is about. I have no idea. No context. So Google that, if you may. The deuce. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before we're out. I'm really excited for James Franco, the disaster artist. Oh, yeah. Tessa said she's going to the movies to see that. Really? 100%. It's really fucking funny. I saw the trailer, and I just, I just can't help but laugh uh-huh. at James Franco. Loki in the new Thor movie. I heard he was good. Looks just like Tommy Wiseau. In a couple scenes. Looks like who? Like Tommy Wiseau. Who's that? The original guy that James Franco's making fun of. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, looks yeah, yeah. just right. fucking like him. Okay. So the point where I was just like, what, in my trailer going like, I did not hit her, I did not. Oh, hi, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> just, it looks so much like him. Okay. But I'm excited as fuck for that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's it for today's opening. All right. Cool. We'll be right back and we're going to talk about it. Top Gun, which might honestly be one of the gayest movies I've ever seen. What did you did you not see fucking um not, what's not Bruce Almighty the the one with Jim Carrey and uh the gay p- prison movie that no that did? was a that was a gay movie yeah but this is a this is a this is a pretty gay movie you know what I'm saying we're talking the body uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the gayest movies I've ever seen okay <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> and welcome back uh, to the danger zone I guess the danger zone. No, it's Highway to Danger Zone. Yes. I'm an idiot. It's Highway to Danger Zone. <laughs> yeah. I apologize immensely. Please take this microphone away from me. If uh, what, what would you recognize <laughs> that song from if not from Top Gun? Archer. Yep. Uh, the yeah. Danger Zone. <laughs> yes. Fucking what Top else? Gun. I love Archer. Yeah, man. I don't like the show. I love the character, Archer. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Do yeah, thing. Top Gun. It's a PG movie. Fucking PG oh, is this was. This is PG. It's PG. It's, uh, it came out in 1986. It's a drama action. It's a runtime of one hour and 50 minutes. Uh, the rundown is: as students at the United States Navy Elite Fighters Weapons School compete to be the best in the class, one daring pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom. 
Uh, the director is Tony Scott. The writer is Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. It stars Tom Cruise, Val Kimmer, Tim Robbins, Kelly McGillis, and Meg Ryan. What, who the fuck is Tim Robbins in this movie? Uh, he played um, Merlin. Uh, there was uh, he was oh, his call sign was Merlin. So when when they're in the air and uh, Maverick is saying I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do an invert I'm gonna invert okay. and, no 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 and he's like uh, he's like I'm gonna no he's like um just just hold on hold on he said he's got a lock on me. he's got a lock he was like no, just hold on I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the brakes he's gonna fly right by me okay. that and that guy so Merlin's like freaking so out like near the end yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I did not did not did not recognize him I, I didn't either yeah. honestly <laughs> like I just found found that out from the research <laughs> watched this movie a million times never recognized him. um has the director done anything else besides Top Gun uh don't know. We can find that out yeah. though. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, Cause like, man, this is weird when we have an episode about a movie that's so culturally ingrained uh-huh. in us, and I don't like the movie. <laughs> that's not weird. I yeah. mean, that's <laughs> we've we've experienced this a number of times. No, but it's a times. weird feeling for me. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like I'm going against like 20 years of culture. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's fucks me up a little bit. Um, but <sighs> fuck this movie. It's just like. I enjoy the premise of the movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the idea of the story. Mm-hmm. But this movie is like every character is the opposite of my guy. I know. As you know? I'm saying, like, it's, it's like this is like purely like testosterone driven, douchebag, male ego. Um, like, it's all of that. It's, all of that it's the 180 place. of what you like stand for as a yeah. person. <laughs> like, I'm looking at Tom Cruise, and every time Tom Cruise is on camera before mm-hmm. he like learns his lesson, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, I disagree with you entirely. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you're saying mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. Van Kilmer makes yes. more sense than you. Okay. And it's just like the whole time, like every confrontation that Van Kilmer and Tom Cruise had, mm-hmm. I was just like, no, Kilmer is right. You're being a fucking idiot. Of course. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you're not, you're not supposed to like side with, uh, with uh, Tom Cruise's character at that point. Really? Though. Why would you? Like that's, that's the point of Val Kilmer there in the first place and Goose. You know, it's like you have you have, you have Tom, Tom Cruise is the main character, but like that's he's the protagonist. He's supposed to be learning through. No, the- no, no, no. I, I get that. I get that he's supposed to be learning. Yeah, but I I just feel like the movie consistently wanted me on Tom Cruise's side. He's a protagonist. Yeah, yeah. He, he wants you on the side, but they don't want you to believe that he's right. You know, it's like they 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 put you in a number of circumstances, letting you know that your dad was was similar to this, and then he died. Um, if if you don't kill, quit hot shotting around, then uh, you may not make it back. Goose dies. Uh, Val Kilmer's character lets him know it's like who's it's like you you you're a really good fighter pilot, but but whose side are you on? Right. You know, Val Kilmer lets him know that it's like you're not right. So it's like oh the um the the woman uh, the the lady that he ends up dating towards the end, mm-hmm. she lets him know that it's like no, what you're doing is not right. So it's like. There's there wasn't a character in the movie that really agrees with Tom Cruise at all, like not one. Then why besides him? Then why <laughs> in the presentation that I feel like they were pushing? Because he's like, he's the main character. Is, yeah, but that's he's the protagonist. But you have to think past like like you know movies. Like I, I don't have to movies. say that shit to you. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like they're presenting one thing, like Tom Cruise, like this mm-hmm. is the the hero, the main character. But then they're showing you so much evidence that the main character is flawed. No, 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 no. I, I, I know that, like, I know the purpose of, like, everyone saying those things. And yeah. I know that, of, of course, the end is him having to be sort of reevaluating all of that and then adapting and learning. Yeah. That's fine. I recognize that as a yeah. writer yes. thing. Yeah. Um, but the presentation, like, how they presented that to me in the movie, I just felt like up until Goose died, mm. then, like, Tom Cruise had no punishment for doing the things that he did. Oh, no, he was never punished. Yeah. No. So, like, like they're presenting it as just, like, he gets away with doing this shit. Yep. Because he still gets the results. Yes. And people criticize him for it. But there's not a real punishment no. for his action. No. That's, so I'm going like, mm. does the movie want me to be on Tom Cruise's side? Or the, does the movie 
want me to be on the other people's side. I don't know if we wanted you to choose a side so much, but it's just that's kind of what, how the way the world works, though. I mean, it unfortunately is. I mean, people, the world sides with those that gets results. So, like Tom Cruise, like the um, one of one of the admirals goes up to him, and they're they're trying to figure. He's like, I want some butts. I want to know. Make me spill coffee on my shit. Like Tom Cruise is doing a fucking flyby. He buzzes the tower when they tell him not to buzz the tower. Yeah. Goose is telling him it's not a good idea. He's doing it anyway, and it's just he's he's doing so many terrible things. Even after they tell him this is your last chance. No, this is your yeah. last chance. No, this is your last chance. He still continue to do these terrible things. So then, when you have the two people of authority inside of room alone that can like legitimately get him out of the Navy. They're saying, all right, he's, he's a reckless fighter, but um, if this is in the heat of battle, would you want him on your side? You know, and, and that's, and that's that all that mattered to them. No. It was like, it doesn't matter how many, or um, when she was like, yeah, what, what are you thinking about when you're, you're that far up in the air and then you, do, uh, you, you take your plane and invert it while you're in 4G and do a zero, uh, 4G nosedive? What the fuck are you thinking about? And he's like, well, you don't think. You don't think when you're in the air like that. That's when you die. She was like, well, that's um, pretty brave to be doing with a $30 million aircraft yeah. just to not think, <laughs> you know? But that's just, that's what his character is. And it's just, people are drawn to his character. He's very charismatic, but he's also a loose gun. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a fair fucking loose gun and just going off doing whatever the hell he wants to until he finally gets his best friend and only real family killed because of his actions. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I, I recognize it's just not an, not an effective That was effective. Thing on me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, a, like, for me, it's not an effective mm. way to write a character. Mm. Because if, if he doesn't suffer any of the consequences, and like, like, for me, if, like, Tom Cruise. The goose, Goose's death wasn't a consequence? I mean, that was the first consequence, and that was at what point in the movie? Like, like an three hour fourths. In? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if, like, if, like, the movie's not telling me, sort of like, hey, every, every character's telling me this is disagreeable yeah. with them. But Tom Cruise keeps doing it and doing yep. it and doing it yep. uh, because he's not getting any punishment. Nope. But uh, there's no point before Goose's death mm. where the movie makes me go, it's just like, maybe Tom Cruise should chill out, right? There's no point where that happens via Tom Cruise. Tom oh, Cruise has no moment of self-reflection. No, no, no. Why, why would he, though? There, yeah. There's no punishment. Like, like, like you're saying, there's, there's, there's nothing that's going to happen to him. So why in his mind should he change the way that he's doing it? He'll just tell Goose, that'll never happen again. This will never happen again. But you know that it is. Yeah. Like before Goose even dies, he was like, he, told, he tells him, it'll never happen again. He's like, I know. But that's my I point. Know. That's yeah. why he's such an unlikable character. And yes. why, like, by the time that he has any real change of consequence, mm. I don't give a fuck about him. Mm. And it's just like, uh, the, the, like the movie is a, per is a great example of the eight sequences of story structure. Yes. Philosophy established, philosophy solidified, mm. uh, fucks up the first time, sort of rendezvous this whole thing, mm. fucks up the second time, gets goose killed, and mm. then learns his lesson. Yes. It's a perfect example of the eight sequence structure. Mm. In terms of structure, it's very well written. Yes. In terms of me giving a shit about a character, mm. nothing. That's, I did not care about anything. That's kind of like personal, though. It's like I, I yeah. personally don't like a lot of things, but it's just, it doesn't change if it's good or bad. You know, yeah. it's just kind of like my view of. It's totally written. I'm, I'm, I'm giving the script a solid, like the script is solid. Yeah. And it knows what it's doing. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's. It was so hard for me to, to like care about anybody as a character uh, uh, the yeah. entire movie. Uh, not because of the whole testosterone ego thing. Mm. Just because a lot of the character actions to me didn't make sense. What do you mean? It's just like, like, 
the lady that started dating Tom Cruise. I feel like this is like when the Edge of Seventeen thing, where yeah. I don't like it because this world doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And and then you're like, what do you mean this makes perfect sense? <laughs> and, and that's that's where I am with this because like Top Gun, I'm like this all makes perfect sense. You're like, no, this none of this makes sense. It doesn't. For me, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. For me, it's such an alien fucking world mm-hmm. where social interactions yeah. end like this. Okay. Because for me, Tom Cruise is being a piece of shit. Yes. The entire time he was talking to this lady. Yeah. And then she still fucking invited him to his place. Yeah. This and, like, they had a relationship. He went into the bathroom. He followed her into the women's restroom. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Yes. I did not... There was not a single moment where I was sympathetic to Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Even when Goose died. Yeah. I was not sympathetic to Tom Cruise. You didn't have to. He was being an asshole the entire time. Like... I mean, I guess. But, like... like why, I mean, do you feel like you have to feel sympathy for the main character in order to enjoy the movie? To a degree. Yeah. Mm. Like, because that's what, the guy... Did you like Nightcrawler? Uh yeah, okay. I do like Nightcrawler. Did you feel sympathy for the main character? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the point of Nightcrawler. The Nightcrawler is that they make a sociopath mm-hmm. be polite and sympathetic and by all degrees likable in logical terms, but then he's a sociopath and he goes too far. No, I'm saying, but like in, within that character, that's someone that was likable to you that you could sympathize with and. Not necessarily, like, he, they make a sociopath likable by giving him polite attributes and stuff that you associate. Not, not the, not, I'm not saying that, I'm saying you personally looking at this character. Well, this, is, you... this is what I'm getting at. Because the writer does this thing mm. where he associates uh, Lou with Lou Bloom mm. with politeness and hardworking and a good work ethic and all of these other things. Yeah. I sympathize with the character wanting to succeed in a world that is not necessarily set up for people to succeed. Mm. Right? So I sympathize on that aspect of Lou Bloom. Maybe not his personality, okay. but I sympathize with his actions, and I understand why he's doing what he's doing. So I like Lou Bloom as a character because, in a way, it lets me sort of understand that thought process a little bit more, which makes it more disturbing by the end of the movie when he goes full-blown fucking murderous. Yeah. Because you've sympathized with the anti-hero at this point. Mm. And if you haven't watched the movie at all, you're watching this for the first time, mm. that first 45 to an hour of the movie where you sort of sympathize with Lou because he's trying to find a job, he's a hard mm. worker, he's doing the things that need to be at the station, mm. he gets rejected by the station. All of those things are things that we've been through as, as a person mm. to some degree or another. So that makes us be like, all right, I get, I understand Lou Bloom. Mm. I get him. And as a result, you're, you, you're more likely to empathize or sympathize with that kind of character, mm. which makes the ending of Nightcrawler disturbing as fuck. Because mm. I've met, like an hour ago, you were sympathizing with Lou Bloom, and now he's killing people, and you don't know where you stand. Yes. And that's why I like Lou Bloom as a character. Okay. That's why he was likable to me, and then the director twisted it mm. and made me feel something different by using my, his likability against me. Mm. That's fine. But there's no moment in Top Gun mm. Where I think of Tom Cruise as a likable character, I I can't I can't disagree anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like it's I liked him from the opening of the movie, no. from the opening of it. It, it. But it's just like I don't think I think it's a um, I think his ideals and what you kind of as the kind of person that you may aspire mm-hmm. to be or want to to see in yourself. Like when you see Tom Cruise characters, there's nothing within him that you want to see in yourself. No, you know, like I you, don't relate to him at all. Like you don't, yeah. you don't want to be him. You don't want his characteristics to be inside you. It's like it's not a relatable thing. Like when I see Tom Cruise's character in, in this movie, I'm like, yes, that's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we're gonna go out to the bars, we're gonna sing karaoke, we're gonna sing random songs to random women, and we literally did this in the Air Force. Like we, yeah. we literally did that. She's lost that loving feeling thing that they do in mm-hmm. the movie. <laughs> literally done it. You know, so it's like when when I'm watching this, is I, I'm seeing a very charismatic guy that is just. A 
not afraid to take the bull by the horns and do anything that he wants in this world. Right. You know, and it's like I love that kind of uh, that courage and that confidence to just go out and do and take the world. You know, so I mean, I I, I like this character from Jump Street. You know, he was a great Comfort. guy. He had a great wingman in Goose. You know, who was great with the comic relief. Yeah. So you got a buddy buddy you know type movie to where. Everything is just flowing in the natural like direction of like masculinity and ego and dominance. And I um, think maybe this is the disconnect because mm-hmm. you just said it that like the sort of nineties masculinity of yeah. ego and yes. not. And I am so disconnected from I, all of that. Yeah, um, that just like for me, just the world doesn't make that, sense like the, that. that. That world doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. Like it doesn't yeah. yeah. Like that's like we 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 take like some things from eighties like you say like the hair and the color and the music but then the some of the things that doesn't necessarily match up to today's time mm-hmm. we just kind of dismiss it like that yeah. doesn't you know but that's that's what it was like Burt Reynolds like the masculinity ego type stuff like the eighties like that was there too yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know but, definitely uh, with the the power guys the the swashenegers and the oh yeah 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 salons and all the things yeah and like uh, uh, listen uh, I don't I I I clearly missed out on some connection from this movie. Mm. I clearly did. But I, uh, Tom Cruise did nothing for me in this movie. Mm. I did not like him. I didn't think anybody in this movie was particularly likable, except maybe Goose? the general. Goose? What? How do you, how do you uh, not like Goose? Goose was a, I didn't care about anybody. Like, he may have been nice. I didn't I have been any emotional attachment to anybody. But why would, you not, why would Goose not be li- likable? Like, Goose didn't do anything that would, like, make him unlikable. But he didn't do anything that made him likable. You didn't think he was funny? Yeah. I was like, oh, you might be kind of hating at this point. No, like, no, I, like I just the the writing for this movie, I thought is a very solid technically. You didn't like any characters. I, I don't like the general, maybe the guy with the the bootleg Michael Keaton. That was the, maybe the one guy that I enjoyed, and he was in there for like twenty you are minutes. Out of, you are out of your mind right now. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry. M- Meg Ryan, you didn't like Meg Ryan's character, the lady. Yeah, uh, the blonde she, lady. Yeah. Not 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 um not not the blonde lady that's with um with the Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Goose's I guess wife. Uh, Goose's wife. Goose's wife. Girlfriend. Lady. She yeah. was fine, but she was in there for how long? Like ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah. What? No, I don't. Didn't do anything for me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Goose was sitting there playing the piano and and that was singing a fun songs scene. with him. That was a fun scene. Like it's like he demonstrated like a lot of value. He's funny. He can sing. He can play the piano. He can pick up very hot women in Meg Ryan. <laughs> you know, he's he's a he's a great co-pilot and wingman. Like there was just there was not one attribute within Goose that I can like take a negative point away. But like, oh, well, you're a little bit egotistic. Oh, well, you know, you're a little bit, you know, it's like there's nothing, there's no, not no, one no. thing. And I'm, I'm not saying that to be like, I have to be all negative. I'm mm-hmm. just saying like none of the characters exhibited anything that made me immediately go like, I like that guy. Nothing at all. It just didn't connect with me at all whatsoever. How? I, I don't <laughs> know. It just didn't do it. I watched the movie and I rewound through some scenes and I like watched the scenes again and I was just like, why do I not like I mean, this? And it's like, I did all the, I did all the thing. I mean, it's like, I, it's, if had I've not seen Edge of Seventeen and then mm-hmm. like seen the expression of you not understanding how I don't get it, yeah. then this will be more difficult. But it's like, I, 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 I wasn't in that world of like Age of Seventeen, so it's mm-hmm. like I wasn't there. But right. like, then the same thing here is like, I can't make you live in a world that you didn't live right. in. Right, <laughs> and, and, and that's fine. But like, yeah. if let's, let's stick away from the writing and the likability yeah. and whatever. I just, I just think that. In terms of story, in terms of plot, yeah, it was it was a decent story. Decent, yes. Um, but I had no emotional connection to any real part of it. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So like, if I'm gonna enjoy a movie, I want to feel emotionally connected to something. Mm. 
uh, or sympathize with somebody or sympathize with something of the movie. Mm. But this movie was like so out of my element of sympathy. Yeah. That I I enjoy the plot on the sense that it was a structured plot mm. and it made sense. Yeah. But I I didn't care about Goose. I didn't care about Tom Cruise. Didn't care about. I see. Uh, I'm I'm kind of hurt. That you, like like oh like I can understand like you're not caring about Tom Cruise. Like yeah. I I can like even like just just I I understand that. Yeah. But the Goose like I don't understand. The Goose really is don't. fun. The Goose is a fun. But, but how do you not like him though? He didn't do anything that would make me like him. Like he was just kind of there for me. Mm. Like he's he said funny things. Yeah, he tried to fix Tom Cruise from being such an asshole. Like the character that you don't like, he's trying to fix that character. Yeah, but like he's also even... enabling that character. True. Yeah. True. So like, what uh, about Val Kilmer, uh, the Iceman? He was not present on camera long enough for me to give a shit about him. I can also give you that. Like All he right. was on camera for a total of like thirty minutes in maybe, the entire maybe that. movie. I maybe think that twenty. Won't. Yeah. So, like, he showed up just to exclusively tell Tom Cruise, don't be a dick. Mm. And then he left the scene. <laughs> kind. I mean, yeah, yeah they, he, he was there for a good amount of yeah. He would literally walk on frame in the showers mm. and just be like, you're dangerous, and then leave. Yeah. That was yeah. what he did for, like, the first 50 minutes of his appearance. Mm. Then he was at a party. Mm. And then he had a conversation with him at the bar. Yep. And then they were flying together for a bit for, like, two or three minutes. Mm. And then he graduated and won a trophy. And Tom Cruise said, congratulations. Yep. And then they flew together again at the end. Yeah. That was it. That was their whole interaction towards the movie. Yeah. And, but the first 20 minutes of that interaction was Van Kilmer going like, you're dangerous. I don't want to fly with you. Mm. And then Van Kilmer at one point going like, I don't know if I should fly with this guy to like another general. Yeah. And then that was it. There was no real connection between them. Other than the fact that Tom Cruise kind of hated Iceman and Iceman kind of hated Cruise. Yeah. And they were like sort of antagonistic towards each other. Yeah. But they were antagonistic, but nothing came out of that antagonism. Uh, the end of the movie. I mean, that them uh, when Val Kilmer is finally getting the number one spot that uh, that Tom Cruise had always been wanting from from the very beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and has been given to Val Kilmer. And they show Tom Cruise's face, and he's it's one of the the better close ups of the the movie. And his face is just drenched with sweat, beating all over his face. And it's not even because that he didn't get that number one spot. It's just like what he's just thinking about Goose yeah. and just having to keep going up there. They keep sending him up, even though he doesn't even really want to fly anymore. Keep sending him sending him up. And uh, Val Kilmer is getting the number one spot, and then they say, "All right." And then we need a wingman. Uh, we're gonna send Maverick up there, and and Kilmer immediately goes up there. He was like, "Hey, uh, you don't think that maybe somebody else might be more yeah. suitable?" You know, at the beginning of the movie, he would love to be able to rub it in Tom Cruise's face, be like, "Yeah, now you my bitch. You my number two. You my." But wingman. is that Van Kilmer showing rationality, or is he, yes. is that Van Kilmer teaching something to Tom Cruise? It's showing rationality. <laughs> it's saying right, that, but it's not teaching anything to Cruise. So no. he's not. A, it's not a true antagonistic personality in the movie. No, oh, we, we can say. He's not an antagonist if you want, but no. I'm, I'm saying, why is it that you don't like characters in the movie? I just they 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 just didn't land for me. They just you like know, everything like, they said was just to serve a script purpose, I but mean, nothing felt authentic to me. It's like we'll we'll be at a, like a party in like six months, and it's just like every you know Ma- Maverick won't get talked about that much, mm-hmm. but to- but uh, but Iceman and Goose. Like, you're, we're going to hear about Iceman and Goose. Like, those characters are, are going down in, like, cinematic history. Yeah. I, <laughs> listen, like I personally even, don't get why they would go down in cinematic history. That's, that's, what, that's what I understand. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, I can, I can understand you not liking the characters, but I don't understand, like, how, like, with all the movies that we watch and then that these two characters, like, like they're already in, like, the... Um, the pop culture. Yeah, they're yeah. already, like, heavily in, like, Iceman and Goose. You know, but it's just, like... I don't see like you can not like them, but you can't see how other people are. Like- I understand. I understand why people like them. 
Okay. I understand why people like them. All right. I just don't think they're that important to the movie. They made the you movie. <laughs> it's like, like you're, we're looking at it differently. Like you're looking at it from like if you were to write a movie and then you have these characters and what are they really doing to progress the story yeah. of this movie? Van Kilmer really does nothing to progress the story. No, 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 no. But th think about it as a person that doesn't know movies, movie structure, and they want to be entertained. Oh, no. Well, that's another thing. But that, we're reviewing a movie. No, no yeah, it was for yeah. You, yeah, I'm saying like, but these, this is why the people are people enjoy it. They don't enjoy yeah. it for this, the reason that you don't enjoy it. They enjoy it because they have fun interactions. I guess that's what people like. They have like, like weird little banter, it's, and it's, Van Kilmer and Tom Cruise I fuck each other all the time yeah. when they're in a room together. Oh yeah, they take their shirts off and play take, volleyball yeah, with each other. There's a lot of men in underwear <laughs> oh, in this yeah. movie. Oh yeah, so it's like the movie has entertainment value. Yeah, I just don't give a shit about anybody that's in the movie. Yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying? Right. Like the the opening of the movie. Was super fun. The okay. the montage of the airplanes and the yeah. highway. Like, yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. That was great. Uh, that was fun. Then we got the sequence of Tom Cruise flying. And throughout, and at, at the beginning of the movie, I was invested in knowing what these people were about. Yeah. Uh, I'm checking the time. We're good. I just have my notes there. I was trying to do it without having to interrupt yeah. you talking. <laughs> I was like, if I just look <laughs> over there, then he'll get it. If I do like this. <laughs> um, but uh, it's one of those things where, like, I... I ah, fuck. I, 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 what was I saying? I was trying to do the time yeah, thing, the without, thing without doing this. <laughs> uh, whatever, you know. It's it's one of those things. For, okay, the opening of the movie was engaging. Yes, I like the first fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah, I like the movie up until the point where Tom Cruise opened his mouth, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I I would be remiss if I didn't call you a hater right now. No, like, I, what? But like, because like when the, the moment that Tom Cruise started being that sort of overconfident persona. I mean, th this is coming from Brian. Like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is what, what Brian likes to watch. It's like this. No, no, not... this is not what. Like, this is like why I think the movie wasn't successful, in in like my entertainment of it. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm. reviewing it critically, the movie has a lot of. It's well shot. Mm. It has a lot of like '90s bullshit that I kind of hate. '80s. Other uh, '80s '84. Kind of have like that whole '80s montage mm. thing that I kind of hate. Okay. Uh, like the beginning of the movie was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, the song was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, but it bordered on the side of cheesy when the montage no, happened. I think it went over the top yeah. cheese. Uh, but yeah. it, 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 it didn't bother me. The cheese didn't bother me enough. Okay. To call it over the top cheesy. Like, like when, you, when you're doing a full, they, they play Danger Zone four times. <laughs> Dude, four they times. play Take My Breath Away three times. <laughs> you know, it's like, and then they're doing these montages with, like, what purpose is there for, like, slow motion spiking a volleyball in the movie Top Gun with, like, ten men all with their shirts off sweating, and we're getting slow motion sequences of volleyball. Pretty, you know what I'm saying? Like, like seriously, how does that progress the story at all? Like, we didn't we didn't get like any like relationship. No relationships were were, were made or broken. You know, from this volleyball scene, and there was five to seven minutes of this. That's my fucking problem with the movie. No, 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 there no, no, are no, no relationships ain't expanded upon. The story doesn't expand upon. I'm, I'm yes. For so many scenes in this fucking movie. Yes, like it's I mean, just like no one does anything productive no, to the story. No, like that's not. But that, but this, this is what I'm trying to say. Like that's not what makes the movie good. Like this is a 58 percent or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it might be like a six or something on IMDb, yeah. but it has gone in. This is the very first episode of the podcast. So I was like, these are the movies that I would like to make just because it's like they're not going to go on a criterion collection. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be taught about inside of a school, but the majority of the people are going to love this movie. And it went down into the um, what's the, the Library Congress of right. uh, Movies because it's, it is ingratiated himself, itself into the public's consciousness. Yeah. And it's not because of how great the storytelling is or how great the writing is. It's because it's capturing something real that's real in the United States. In 1984 through 1990, it was just... 
those characters were real people. <laughs> you know, it just... It fucking blows my mind. I, I understand. It fucking blows my god. Like, mind. to live in 2017 yeah. now, like, if I didn't get to experience the, the last end of that, then I wouldn't believe that that is what, the way people were, too. But it just, it captures a part of America the way that people were, the way that, you know, just the way, just the, a time period that it, it just can't really go away. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll give her credit for being in pop culture. But in terms of technicality, I mean... No, I mean, it's like, like I said, it's a 58 or something on I mean, Rotten Tomatoes. So but, but it's, it's a great movie as no, well. No, it's not. Oh, it, it is. It's a, it's a it mediocre is. movie that It's a 58 it really on Rotten Tomatoes. It's yeah. a 58 on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a mediocre movie that it's somehow great. ingrained itself in pop culture. You, somehow. I mean, yeah. it just didn't somehow. I mean, it would have went away if it, w- if it was like there by a fluke. No, no. The, the, what I'm saying is like somehow. Yes. I don't know how. But it did. But I, because I don't personally understand it. <laughs> yes. But somehow, it ingrained itself into pop culture. Yeah. Not being a good movie. It's a mediocre movie at best. It's an okay movie. It has characters, and I'll they agree. do things. I'll agree. And then there's a I'll conclusion agree. at the end because characters did things. Mm. It is a mediocre movie with mediocre characters, mm. with subpar writing, mm. that had a solid structure to it, yes. and that people somehow fucking loved. And ingrained itself in pop culture. Mm-hmm. But it is not a good movie. I refuse mm-hmm. to call it a good movie. Mm-hmm. I refuse to call the characters interesting. I don't know. It's like I, I have a problem with, like, with, with good. Because like, who decides what's good? I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, like, if we have 100 people in the room and they were like, everybody raise your hand for good. And then 99 people raise their hand for good. And then one person raises their hands for not good. But then the person that says not good is reading the, the, the handbook of what is good and what is bad. And then everybody else in the room, they don't have a handbook. They yeah. just know what they like and what they don't like. So technically, you can be right because according to the rules of what is right and wrong and good and bad, you're right. But these people don't have the book, and they don't know what is supposed to They don't know structure, cinematography, nothing. They just know what they enjoy. So I'm like, that's why I enjoyed the movie. It's but, enjoyable. But if, you, if you're reviewing movies... Mm-hmm. And you sort of see the technicality. Oh, it's a fifty. It's a fifty-eight overall on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. So if you see it's the technicality, is not, not great. You have the book. You know. Yeah. What, yes. You know. So I don't give a shit about people that don't have the book. Yeah. I have the book. Yes. I I see what's wrong with the movie, mm-hmm. and I give it the thing that I think represents the movie. Can you see it from their perspective, though? I can. Okay. But I don't agree with it. Okay, I mean, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to agree with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I like, like to I can take... see any, I can see a lot of things from a lot of people's perspective, yeah. and why people like a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't agree with them at all. So, like, but, you can talk to me, like, why other people love this movie? Not, not to agree with them. Uh, not to agree with them, but it helps with understanding. Like, there was, like, um, what's what's the movie? A Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, I didn't think anything about that before, but then it was like, okay, we're going to have someone who loves the movie, yeah. and then it makes me look at the movie entirely different. You know, it's like, okay, why do you love this movie? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let me look at this movie in a different way to try to find the things that people love and then put that into my, my box. So it's like, would you be able to do that? Like, find the, re- the reason that people love this, and then I'm like, okay, I can understand why yeah. you like this. Or I, can I can understand, understand it. You don't have to say that this is good because it's not. Yeah, I can understand you know it, but yeah. it won't influence my decision on whether the movie's good or not. No, 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 no. no. I, I can't, you, can't, you can't make something good if it's not good. Like, so you have the right. actual handbook. Like, if we're talking on that side of it, yeah. of, of technically good or bad, like, opinion can't change what is technically good or bad. Yeah. But I'm saying that will it change your opinion or the way that you feel about a movie? Not whether it's good or bad. No, no, just... no. It, it really doesn't. Because my opinion of a movie, mm. of whatever movie, is really based a lot on the technicality. Was this mm. movie put together coherently? You don't like bad movies? I like when they're funny. 
Mm. When they're when they they're so bad that they're ridiculous. There's a there's a very clear threshold to me. Mm. You know, like like if I, like rubber. Have you seen rubber? That's the one with the tower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That movie's so bad and weird mm. that I can't judge it on a normal scale. Okay. Because I'm just sort of lost in the absurdity All of right. the movie. So like movie has to really be absurd for me to think it's so bad it's good. Okay. You know, like that line is very <laughs> fucking gone. All right. Um so like I I, I can understand um, why people enjoy Top Gun. Okay. I can understand why people think it's fun. Mm. But for me, it's not one of those movies that's so cheesy and bad mm. that I can go back around to, to enjoying it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, I had a lot of problems with the movie besides the writing. Mm. Uh, for example, the sound mixing. Whenever they would cut from normal dialogue mm. to fucking airplanes flying, the airplanes would be loud as fuck. Yep. And it would fucking bother me. Because I am sensitive to sound, and I have to fucking adjust my volume, and then adjust it again when the movie's fucking playing. Mm. He hated that bit. Uh, the the fact that like the the sets, the set construction, mm. uh, when they were in the in the naval base, they it probably looked a lot more convincing when they built it mm. than what it actually looked like on camera. Okay. Did not buy the fact that they were in in a pl- naval plane <laughs> at all. When, when do you mean? Oh, um, when uh, the naval base, like in the air carrier. So on the aircraft carrier on the ship, yeah, on the interior, like aircraft carrier interior. Okay, yeah. Uh, it, it was a, it was a, it was a well built set, but oh, it not sell me on the fact that it was there not was a, a set. Yeah, it clearly felt like a set. Yeah, and then it clearly felt like someone had access to one air carrier mm. uh, during the time of shooting. Yeah, uh, for a limited amount of time because mm. we see the same exterior shot repeated multiple times mm-hmm. and we see the beginning of the movie and the ending of the movie exactly same mirror shots. each other yeah. using the same exact shots yep. uh, for like a solid 10 minutes yeah um so i'm not very fond of that mm. because i didn't feel like the aircraft location was a real place okay uh, i didn't feel um like it was uh, it just didn't convince me uh the beginning of the movie when like uh the when they make it back to the school mm. I just feel like no, like that the whole bit when he's a student at the school, like I have no concept of time for when that happens. Okay. So like I know he enters a program and I know he graduates a program. Mm. I don't know how much time passes from when he enters to when he leaves. What was that was I mean okay. Yeah. So like I don't know I don't know how much time passes. I don't know if like these relationships are building at like an awkward pace. Mm. I don't know if the relationships are building at a healthy normal pace. Okay. I don't know if he dated. This girl for three days or for four weeks, mm-hmm. that matters when you're judging the way these relationships balance out. Okay. Because like a relationship that lasted four days is considerably way more lighthearted than mm-hmm. one that lasted five weeks. Okay. So like if by the end of the movie, let's say it's going like, you're a good pilot uh, and you're one of the best, but you're fucking up in the way you fly. Mm-hmm. If the girl that he's dating says that after four days of dating... Is that going to have the same weight as if she says it after six weeks of dating or mm. five weeks or four weeks? Okay. So the, the fact that I had no idea, like, what time elapsed in there, uh, it's just like, a, it just completely took me out of empathizing with any of the characters. Okay. Uh, the fact that also that same time dilution uh, when Van Kilmer, uh, I didn't know if his relationship with Van Kilmer was improving or, or not during this amount of time. Because mm. if they have three days to get to know each other, that's going to be a different relationship that if they're in a room for four weeks to each other and they have a chance to sort of explore their antagonistic relationship. Mm. And, but I just didn't get any of that at all. For me, Van Kilmer literally showed up on a scene, left the scene, showed up on the other scene, 
left the scene, mm. played volleyball, showed up on the other scene, left the scene. Mm. That's, what, that's what Van Kilmer did for me. And because I have no measure of that amount of time, mm. I, I can't say that the relationship improved. Because for me, it feels like the relationship happened in a day. It may have, but yeah. it's like I don't. I don't think the like I said. The, I don't think the relationship had anything to do with the the moving of the movie. Like the thing, the things that you that you don't like about the movie, as far as the technicalities, like those, I can't argue those things. Like no. it's 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 correct. I'm just saying the uh, the enjoyment of like not knowing what, and I I think this also comes back to just um, formats. The for, the way that those these kind of movies were format formatted back then they were all very similar. So when you got a speeded up montage, like I just would have to assume from the indicators that they gave me after the montage, like has this been a week, you know, that they sped up this montage? Has this been one day? Has this been a month? You know, it's just like, you kind of have to just use the indicators of conversation to determine. Like they're not gonna give it to you. But when your movie is based on relationships, Mm -hmm. it's important to know that distinction of time. Yeah. When your movie is relationship based, Mm -hmm. when the plot of your movie is dictated by the way that Tom Cruise interacts with this lady mm. and interacts with Van Kilmer and mm. interacts with the rest of the, of the squad. You need to give me more time-sensitive information. Mm. Because if I don't have that, I don't have a scale to measure out the weight of these relationships. So I don't know if the general's relationship with Tom Cruise, uh, which was sort of like a, a pseudo-fatherly fatherly figure, mm. had two weeks to develop or six weeks to develop. And if I had two weeks to develop, that relationship matters considerably less than if I had six weeks. I, w- I would ask, yeah. um, what what relationships change from the beginning to the end of uh, the movie? The like drastically change. You know what I'm saying? Like that, if, Van Kilmer's relationship with Tom Cruise mm. changes pretty drastically to the end. Do, do, do you do you like uh, Iceman then? I don't, because he didn't do <laughs> oh, anything. He just, uh, that's, what, that's what I was trying the to... The relationship <laughs> changed. Okay. The relationship changed, for right, sure. That's, that's something? There, at the end of the movie, Iceman goes like, you can be my wingman anytime. Yes. And Tom Cruise, no, you can be mine. mine so they yes. still have that antagonistic edge to it. Yeah. But now they're friends. Yes. But before that point, no, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? There's no progression up until that point. There's mm-hmm. no Van Kilmer hating Tom Cruise, and then, yep. ah, Tom Cruise, but he's kind of high. Nope, there was that moment. Yeah, it was just like when he acknowledged he was a good writer, a good flyer. Before that. What was the moment? Uh, when Goose died, he didn't, uh, Tom Cruise didn't talk back to him. They were inside the locker room, and Goose, uh, he said, uh, yeah, I heard about Goose. Uh, he was a really good guy. He was funny, and I always liked him. And um, Tom Cruise just stands up and walks away. So but I'm saying that's the moment where it's just not like, hey, I hate you, or hey, you're my friend. You were looking for like that medium area. That was the medium area moment. I didn't feel it when it happened. I remember that thing clearly. I did mm-hmm. not feel any emotional difference. That is, I mean, that's, come on. Like, somebody died. Like, you can't. I mean, somebody died. You can't, like, still be, like, a dick, like, going up and snapping your teeth at people. But, like, yeah, yeah but I'm does the that man. mean he genuinely cared about Tom Cruise? That, that that's, what the mo- that's what the moment was trying to show, that it's like, hey, this is a real situation. It's a real mm-hmm. moment. Like, I res- even though I give you shit, like, I still respect you as a human yeah. being and as a person. And I would never like to see that happen to you. And you know what I'm saying? It's just, I, I don't know. I guess being I mean, I in, guess I didn't. I guess I, it didn't land for me. It like, was a moment that did not land for me. It, it, it makes me think of, like, being on, like, football teams or, like, in the military. It's just like you you give people shit and the gay stuff that you you're seeing on there that's very like military. Yeah, They're, it's very the, homoerotic. The homo homoerotic stuff like we were like we were thrusting and humping each other at uh at my friends uh, Craig Arnder if you listen to the podcast at all <laughs> like we were like thrusting each other's ass at the uh, at a wedding. Right. Yeah, like a, a man woman wedding <laughs> and we all like got in a, a, a man circle and like thrusted each other. You know, so it's like we there was lots of like homoerotic stuff in the military yeah. and also like lots of like um 
uh, testosterone, just like going back and forth type stuff. So it's just like whenever something real does happen, you're not going to get like the, the pat on the back and just, you know, and, and the good cry and like con- consoling each other. Yeah. Like, I think that's that's like as strong as of, of a comment that Val Kilmer could have made to him at the time. I, I, guess, I guess I'm just from like a different emotional yeah, like a, 2000, a 2017 yeah. movie is just like, that was nothing. Yeah. But in 2000, I mean, 1984, like, that was a big moment. And, like, and Tom Cruise recognized it as a big moment himself. Even though he didn't say anything, he, st- he stood there, acknowledged him, sat there for, like, two seconds, and then walked off. Yeah. You know, he just sat with the emotions, like, oh, shit, like, he's not still giving me shit right now. He's been giving me shit the entire time we've known each other, and he's being a real person right now. You know, and it, like I said, like that might not have hit very hard, you know, because mm-hmm. now you have to do a lot more to show that. But back then, it's just like men aren't showing any emotion. Yeah. If you're showing any type of non-masculine emotion, then you're gay. It's like, like seriously, like yeah, that's yeah, no, that's I the know, way I they know. used to think about it. It's just like everything. It was just it was all trying to be as masculine and as man man as you can, or they would use the term faggot and fag, and it was the worst. Then, it was the fucking worst. So it's like then because of that, you got movies like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That I said, I'll give mm-hmm. you that. It's mm-hmm. a bit of emotional change, but it didn't. It 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 it, it doesn't land for me. Like not like uh, a lot of the relationships in this movie mm-hmm. don't land to me that they changed at mm. all until right at the very end. Yeah. The relationship that I enjoyed the most was with the boot like Michael Keaton with the mustache and the general. Yeah. Uh, for me, that was like the most meaningful relationship because mm. it was a guy that knew that Tom Cruise could fly. And he knew his father. And he knew his father. Yeah. And then at the end, he was just like, this is what happened to your dad. Mm-hmm. And that influenced a lot of why Tom Cruise decided to keep flying. Yeah. That was the most genuine relationship that I saw. Every other relationship for me felt just kind of like, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, because it has to happen. Mm-hmm. There's no authenticity to them. Your relationship with this lady is blah. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with any camera is blah. Mm-hmm. But that was the only relationship that I feel landed any emotional validity to the movie. Goose, I, Goose did really hard for me. Like, I mean, when he died, it was a sad moment, but I didn't. Even before, it's like, I don't know, it, it reminds me of like um, an older brother, younger brother thing. Yeah. Like Goose was, Goose would have been the younger brother in this situation, but like you said, he's enabling him, but he doesn't want those things. He doesn't want Tom Cruise to be doing the things that he is. He's yeah. like, sometimes when we're up there, it seems like you're just like bat- fighting a ghost. You're battling against a ghost. It's like, so you can see that he knows better mm-hmm. and he wants his his brother to do better, but what is he going to tell his his older brother in this situation? He's like, he's not going to interject any actual real help to him. Right. You know, he's just going to hope that his brother is going to be able to figure it out on his own. And ultimately, that's what's getting him killed. Yeah. And I understand the tragedy in that. Yeah. It just, it just didn't land. You didn't, you didn't like Goose, just none of that Goose action. It just didn't, did not land. Like, I laughed when he said things. Not, not even the laughing, but, like, but you couldn't see that he, he cared about his own life No, he and cared about Cruz. And himself. Like, he cared about but, both of them, you know? But it didn't get an emotional reaction from me. That's what I'm saying. Too subtle? No, too, just too bland. I think we're trying to use the same word, but I'm using it. You're, you know, subtle. No, no, no. Bland. subtle does not mean bland. It, the way that you're kind of using no, it. No, bland I'm, means uninteresting. I know what bland means. Yeah. So I'm saying it was an uninteresting way, not a subtle way. It was an uninteresting way. I think we're looking at it different because I, I feel like it was subtle, like it was there, but uh, barely visibly there. And you're saying that you recognize it as being there, but it just wasn't advertising for you. Yeah, it wasn't interesting. It was bland. That's still agree to disagree. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, it was definitely there, and mm. I saw it there, mm. and it was pretty obvious that it was there. Mm. I just found it uninteresting. And not, not, it was not an interesting conversation that they had. Mm. 
it was not an interesting diatribe that him and Cruz exchanged. How? Uh, Cruz didn't really I just, I don't, that's, that's, react. Like, I, w- I would like to, like, just, like... It's a lot get, of people <laughs> talking to Cruz. Yeah. But Cruz not responding to any of them. Yes. It's, it's, it, it, it's uninteresting. No, okay, uninteresting Cruz. Okay, I can understand, like, not being interested in Cruz, but how, how not Goose, though? Goose is trying to help him the best way that he can, you know, coming from a person that is sees himself as a bit inferior to him. No, no I'm, okay, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. Hmm? It's, it's a bunch of people talking to Cruz. Yeah. But Cruz not talking back. That dynamic yeah. is uninteresting. Not the characters themselves. Oh, but Goose, you were cool with though. I, I I'm fine with Goose. Interested in Goose? Not interested. That's I'm what I'm trying fine. to get. <laughs> I'm trying fine. to get to is interesting. The dynamic but, between each of these characters is mm. uninteresting. Mm. The characters themselves may be fine. Okay. They may be all right. Yeah. But the dynamic between them is uninteresting, which makes me not care about any other characters because the dynamic is the conflict of the story. So, like, that dynamic of Goose trying to convince Cruz to, like, adjust the new thing yes. is what's supposed to be interesting about these characters, not the characters themselves. It's interested? the way they relate to each other. Listen, you weren't, that's what I'm saying. Like, you weren't interested in Goose trying to change him at all? No, because it was presented in such a way that had no real emotional weight to me. Life and death. That's, like, the most emotional weight that can be carried. What do you mean, life and death? If if he continues to do the things that he does up there on the on the in that aircraft, not not looking out for his wingman, not mm-hmm. uh, not following direct orders, then he can get himself killed up there. Um, they say in the first thirty minutes of the movie, it was like congratul- uh, congratulations. Uh, now we have to tell your mother and your father that you're dead because you're a dumbass. Yeah. You know, and it's just like it's, it, they're dealing with life and death situations. So you have Goose like subtly trying to change Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise not hearing any of that. It's not subtle. It's not. I don't. I don't think it's subtle. It's what? pretty obvious that everybody wanted to change no, Tom Cruise. I'm not saying everybody. Attitude. I'm saying Goose. Yeah, it's pretty. It's also pretty obvious that he wanted to change his attitude. I'm mm. not saying. I didn't see any over the top thing. He it was over the top. It wasn't over the top. It was obvious. It was obvious that his objective was to change Tom Cruise's attitude towards flying. I can't say that. Yeah. Because I, I mean, obvious would have been at least at once. You say you need to change. Like that's obvious. No. Like that he, is, hinting. That, like he's hinting at it. Hinting. I don't feel is very obvious. No, I mean, I feel like the conversation that they have was pretty clearly, it's just like, you have to do better. Like, the subtext of the conversation was, you have to do better. The subtext was obvious. Yeah. Subtext was obvious. But subtext is what they're actually saying. That's what they're saying underneath what they're saying. No, 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 no. In, in script writing, mm-hmm. and this might be my personal philosophy, mm-hmm. but if I'm running a script... What then you the want your subtext to be what they're actually saying. That's what correct. The, what the character is saying I'm talking about is a veneer for what they're actually, actually saying. Yes, yes. But, so, but what about the, the people watching the movies, though? Like, they, they don't have the book of right and wrong and understanding this. That's not a thing that you have to have the book to understand. They don't... Whenever okay. character, whenever characters speak, whenever people speak... You're giving them too much credit, man. No, no, no. Whenever people speak in any situation... Just in real life. Just yes. in real life. What does this really mean? Yes, they don't think like that, Everything that someone says... They don't think that way. Even, even if it's unconscious, you're yes. constantly trying to figure out what people want out of a line of conversation. Yes. Even if it's unconscious. Yes. In a movie, you're doing so the same, same thing. thing. Yes. It's, un, it's an unconscious process for most people. Mm-hmm. We just happen to be aware of it. And, and I don't think they are, is what I'm saying. But they don't have to be to understand that... What they're saying on camera is not what they're actually saying. They There's a have layer to. of what they're saying. There's uh-huh. layers to what the dialogue is. When Goose says mm. whatever he says, what he's really saying is like, hey, you're, you can die if you don't do this better. We're going to get kicked out. I have mm. a wife to depend on. Yeah. What he's saying is get better because you're fucking me. Yes. That's what he's saying. Definitely. But that's pretty obvious. You, you didn't like the interaction though? It was presented so uninterestingly. 
There was no conflict in that interaction. Tom Cruise <laughs> did like not we're react going to back it. and forth. I yeah, mean, it's Tom like, Cruise did not react to it. He didn't react at all. No. No. So it's it, there's no conflict. If, if Tom Cruise doesn't have a reaction, there's no conflict. You're looking for like a visual conflict or a mental conflict or just conflict in general. Conversational conflict. What's Tom Cruise literally did not respond. Um, uh, but what about you? Didn't think he was going through any mental anguish at all? No, I didn't register. Why was sure, he sure. like carrying around dog tags and that like, was after talking Goose's to Goose? Death. But like, is it is that not like reminiscent of everything that's happened before then, or is he only thinking about the event that got him killed? Only thing I think he's only thinking about the event that got Goose killed. I think that's if, where we're disagreeing. If Goose had not died, mm. he would not even remotely have that thought process. I, no, I agree on that. Had no. Goose not died, he would have continued to do the same things he had yeah. done before until he came into an event that made him change. Yeah. But I'm, but just what I believe is that after Goose died, that he had that change. He didn't just have the quarter change, 50% change, I believe he had a complete change to where he was able to go back and reflect on all of his life. Not just the past three days or 30 days, he was able to reflect upon I his life. I think that we, I think I see it as a gradient. That change has to be a gradient. Mm. You see, it, it, it happened, so it happened. No, no, and, and yeah. it's a gradient in 2017. Like, these movies aren't like that. Like, they're they're very what they are. But there are movies done in the 80s that have that That gradient. are better. And those movies are 80 and 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. This is a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. So what it's the not fuck a technically are we talking good. about? It's, that's what I'm saying. There's a difference between the people that have the book and understand yeah. what good filmmaking is and yeah. good movies are and the people that don't understand musical uh, m- movie language but and they you, just understand. Are you what reviewing they enjoy. this movie, or are you reviewing this movie? Are you reviewing this movie as a filmmaker? Are you reviewing? Are you reviewing this movie as an audience? I think you have to do a little of both. Like you have to review it as what this is and what this and what this could be, and review it from the person, like the person that before I went to a film school, mm-hmm. I can review it as a person that watches a lot of movies and television shows. That's one person. Mm-hmm. But then the other person that had no idea about the the structure and sequencing of movies and cinematic cinematic language and lighting and editing, like that person and the person that doesn't know that don't exist in the same room. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not, you're not, if we have a conversation with my mom about Top Gun, is she gonna bring up cinematic structure? Is she gonna bring up sequencing? Is she gonna bring up lighting, editing, dialogue? Like none of that is gonna matter to her whatsoever. But now in my book, this is how I grade movies, you know, according to this structure. Right. So whenever I give this a grade, then I will be like, yes, like a six out of ten. You know, but when I'm looking at it from my viewer chair, the person that watches movies, then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get drunk with the friends, and I'm like, "Hey, you need to watch Top Gun." <laughs> like, yeah, what, what would you get of one out of ten? Uh, enjoyable? Like, it's probably like an eight. You're gonna really See, enjoy this. For movie. me, those two people are the same people. They, but they're but that's, yeah. that's, that's why I say you always give a lot of credit to to people and the layman. It's just I don't believe that people are smart. I don't believe that there are a lot of people that watch movies the way that we watch them. We've talked. We've talked about this before. So many times. But, <laughs> I completely disagree. I think mm. people have enough credit. People are smart enough to know when a bad movie is a bad movie. Mm. People are smart enough to know when but, a, a but, bad movie is a bad movie, but they enjoy a bad movie. Okay. People know that Top Gun no. is not a good movie. No way. Zero. Uh, no. no way. No way. Because like, cause Cable Guy, like ask someone about Cable Guy. Yeah, that's a good movie. It's a cult classic. It's like a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ask somebody about Top Gun. They're not going to say, I like it. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't believe there's many people that's like, if I'm eating sushi and I say that, no, this is a great, but I don't enjoy it. Like a, a normal person is going to take a bite of sushi and say, this is nasty. They're not going to say, no, this is a good thing that I particularly don't enjoy. It's like when they, when they watch a movie, they, they, can, they can watch something by, um, by, 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 any, by one of the greatest Maybe directors ever. Maybe you're just ever. surrounded by well-adjusted people. 
You may, that's, that's what I yeah. think it is. You're surrounded by world because I mean I can I can watch a movie by Steven Spielberg with somebody that doesn't get that, and they, they're not gonna say, "Hey, this is a very well made movie that I don't enjoy." They're gonna be like, "What'd you think about it?" And be like, "Oh, I don't I don't like it. It wasn't good." Yeah, you know. No, maybe I'm surrounded by well adjusted people. Yes, yes. <laughs> but that that aside, yeah. we're reviewing this movie as filmmakers. That's I, what this I, is I, about. I, I do both each episode yeah. though. I mean, come on. <laughs> this movie is not a good movie. Technically, it is not. No, yeah, it's just not a good movie. It is technically not a good movie. No. That's the word that fucks me up. Because if it's technically not a good movie... It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, th- that doesn't mean it's good. What is good There's to two you, different things. What's good to you can be good to someone else. It's like, just because it's not good to you doesn't mean it's not good to someone else. No, no, but enjoyable it's, does not signify good. It does to many people. But not to, not, not to... Not to people with the book, it doesn't, no. I can't reconcile that. I can't reconcile that. I know. I think this movie's <laughs> garbage. I don't like it. <laughs> I think this movie's bad. It's just a bad movie. All right. That somehow snuck into fucking pop culture. Okay. And like, I, 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 I genuinely don't like a lot about this movie. I don't. Uh, but, but do you at least understand that like lots of people, like the majority of I know the lots of people States, enjoy the movie and that think it, think it's good. Yeah, I completely disagree. No, I mean that's fine. That's fine. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Like, I, I get it. I get it. I get okay, it. That, I fucking that's, get that's it. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I've been saying that I get it for a while. All right. I'm just saying this movie's not fucking good. It's not a good movie. Good. It will never be a good movie. You don't think and I don't good. know why people fucking like it. I, don't, I, I understand that they like it. Mm. I don't know why they do it. The characters are bland. It's uninteresting. Mm. The editing's all right. The fucking camera angles are borderline like cheese on wine. Mm. Cheese crackers and wine. The authority figures literally look away from the camera into like a blind. Like, do you, do you enjoy like a, a good double quarter pounder? Yeah. Is that good? I guess. Oh, th- there we go. Yeah. All right, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, say you get a, r- a random person, and then they tell you that this double quarter pounder is good. And then we, we, we bring them a filet mignon right beside that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be like, oh, this is good. Like, you just gave the same rating for a double quarter pounder and a filet mignon. You both said these things are good. But one of them is definitely not good. You know, the filet mignon is good. It's technically good, and it is good. The, the, McDonald, the McDonald's double, che- double quarter pounder, and when you go in technically, this is not good. Like, that's Top Gun for you. Mm. This is not good, but it's just like you enjoy it. You're going to eat the whole thing. You're going to consume it, and you're going to have fun with it. And then when you tell somebody, do you want to, is that double quarter pounder good? Mm. Yeah, it was good. I don't, think that, I don't think that analogy holds up. Why not? Because it's not, movies are not food. I'm saying it's, some, it's, it's, content. It's, some, it's content that you're consuming. I'm just saying you're taking something that you're consuming and you're saying whether it is good or not good. I don't, I still, I don't, I don't understand that analogy. Um, I don't. I, it looks like I'm getting defensive. It's not. I'm just frustrated mm-hmm. because I have this conversation all of the goddamn time mm-hmm. with people. When I say a movie's not good, it's like, oh, well, didn't you like it? It was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It's just like, because they do nothing right. They didn't do things right. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't like it. A, a fucking like a, 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 a double quarter pounder is not good for you, mm. but it tastes good, okay. right? A filet mignon is just a different kind of good. Mm. This is this is technically bad. I'm saying the double quarter pounder the, is technically bad. The way, but the, the, that can be technically bad unless you just like smash it. No, because it's food. No, it's, but, when, but when you eat it, you're not going to be able to digest it properly. It's not even real beef. The ingredients in, in it aren't real. And that's what I'm saying about Top Gun. It is the double quarter pounder. It's like, it's technically not, not you know what I'm saying? Do you understand the analogy I'm saying? It's like, I understand, like, it's I don't it's think not, it applies. I understand your, I understand your analogy mm, now. I don't think it applies. It does. I think but, movies <laughs> and food. Yes. Uh, I think movies versus anything else. Mm. It's just, it's contextual for me. I don't think I can say the same analogy that I have for Top Gun. Mm. I don't think I can make Top Gun into anything. It just doesn't make sense to me. Top Gun is a bad movie. 
No. Quarter Pounder is a bad burger. Okay. Or a whatever burger. Mm. Quarter Pounder is a burger. Top Gun is a like, movie. What if I started saying that, like, you know what I'm saying? I just, it doesn't make sense to if you be pick so a, if you pick black and white. Movie, if you pick another yeah. movie. Yeah. And you say, like, for example, like, um, what's a bad movie that I enjoy? Um, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Let's, yeah. play, let's pick Suicide Squad, right? It is a technically bad movie. Yes. But I think it's a fun exercise in filmmaking mm. that just went wrong, <laughs> right? Okay. I think it's a fun exercise in filmmaking that went wrong. All right. But I was still sort of somewhat entertained by the movie, but I recognize that it's technically bad, mm. and I don't want to watch it again because it's bad. Now you don't. But you know, I'm just, I'm just yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, think about, think about the person, the Brian from a year and a half ago that we had to do like 45 minutes about why Suicide Squad is so good. Just, just think about that yeah, person. Yeah, no, no, no. I know that Brian existed. Oh, no, I, but now, now there's millions of people that are like mm. that Brian. You know what I'm saying? They didn't come, they didn't do a hundred more episodes of a podcast and then see a whole bunch more movies. Like, they're still that person. So when they see Suicide Squad and someone asks them about it, and they're going to say it's good. They're not going to say it's technically good but or But what value bad. does that have? When you're reviewing a movie as a filmmaker. Because most people aren't filmmakers, is what, is what I'm saying. It's like most people are that Brian from 100 episodes ago. Or like m- most of my friends that I talk to aren't in film school or filmmakers. They're working for like 10 to 12 hours a day. They come home, have a beer, and get to watch like 20 minutes of a television show. So it's like when they turn Top Gun on, they're not thinking about the technicalities of good film, filmmaking and writing. They're like entertaining. Then Just I guess I don't want to make films for those people. I guess that's what this that's, comes down to. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like that's why the podcast works. Because mm-hmm. these are the movies that I'm trying to make. Like Top Gun, like mm-hmm. I want to make movies for those people and you like the more uh, higher society yeah. actual good but technically movies the, the, the sad thing about movies that are like this like Top Gun is that they could have been good sure they could have been as good it, and, but it wouldn't have reached the masses though I disagree I think any movie has the potential to be as good and reach the masses if, if the like lobster the, you know what I'm saying like the, like the lobster is really really good those are the, those are art house films those are independent art house films but those are the good movies those are though. good movies those I agree great this had the potential to be a good movie that reached the masses mm. it, it had the it, potential it, it, the story was there the characters mm. were there they just weren't executed properly mm. it was technically bad badly put together mm. but it had potential to be a good movie mm. but it wasn't because it bordered on cheesy it didn't it do cheesy. enough on the execution, like on the passage of time. Mm. The sets were mildly convincing, and the airplane shots were clearly uh, the interior shots versus the outside shot were not cohesively put together. All right. This had the potential to be a good movie. Mm. It had the potential to reach the masses with a simple story that happened to be good. All right. But instead, it was not. It was a badly put together movie that reached the masses. Okay. But it could have been a good one. I saw the poten- I see the potential in Top Gun. Mm-hmm. I see why people like it. It is a bad movie. Okay. Yeah. That is it's that's it's so not interesting. That was a movie. <laughs> I was like, wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just keep slamming on yeah. the table. Like, well, come on, man. Yeah. Sorry like, about that. This sheesh. Is, this, yeah. I'm not seeing the waveform, so I'm like not thinking about, oh. about it. Yeah. Sorry, right. sorry. I apologize. Yeah. All right. So when when out of ten? Fucking five. Uh five five point five. Yeah. I'll give it. Sorry, the microphone. Wait, I mean, five point five. I've been all I've, this thing. I've been saying that the entire thing. There's, there's a difference. There's a difference between. I've been saying it's a fifty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes since the first second. Why are you defending it so hard? Because why are you defending Top Gun so hard. Because I enjoy double quarter pounders with cheese. That's why. <laughs> Fucking, I guess. For me, this movie holds no intrinsic value. It's mm. a movie. It's a movie. Uh, but, but it doesn't you, need to be defended. It's it, a movie. It, but I'm saying it's just like there's something about it that you just that you're not able to get. 
Because I'm like, there's millions, I can't even say millions, but millions. And like, even someone that's semi-intelligent enough that was like, we're going to bring this into the catalog of in the library that can never be erased of movies that we have decided are culturally impactful and good enough to be here. So it's like, that, those are all, like I said, when we first started the podcast, those are the movies that I want to make because like I can, you, you can decide whether something is critically good enough or not critically good enough, whether something is uh, deserving of an Oscar or not deserving of, deserving of an Oscar. But like most of the people that I know and watch movies with, they don't give a shit about the Oscars. Mo- matter of fact, they haven't even seen the majority of the movies that were nominated for Oscars. They don't know these people. They like the movies that they like. And it's just, that's just kind of the, the vein that I would rather steer towards, you know, the... The, the the dumb shit people <laughs> like myself. All right, I mean, yeah, all power to you. But I, I this movie is not for me defensible in any way. It's a good movie. That's understandable. Yeah, it's just bad. No. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I that, guess, that was it. Yeah. I guess that's a fucking episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back with television and movie premieres. I apologize for slamming on the table. I got fucking frustrated because I don't. I, I I genuinely have a problem understanding the way that movies work nowadays in people's minds. Apparently. Because I, I just have a whole different set of opinions. Uh, maybe I'm a snob. I was, I was thinking that word the entire time, but I didn't want to say that. Yeah, maybe I'm a snob. <laughs> but uh, if I am, then fuck it, I, I guess. Whatever. I'm an asshole, though. Yeah. I'm a dick. It's like there's it nothing wrong with accepting whatever it is that you are. Like, no, and, and I'm okay, with, I'm okay like, with being a snob. I like lower-graded movies sometimes. Mm. I think, that, like I said... Um, I like lower-graded movies sometimes, too. Mm. I like idi- Idiocracy. Yeah. That's a bad movie. You did like Idiocracy, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. by all means a, a, a weirdly bad movie. Yeah. I get that. But it had something about it. It had some charm. Okay. What I'm saying is to- Top Gun did not have any of that charm for me. Yeah. I mean, like the where the, the comedy would have been in Idiocracy, they replaced that with the testosterone over-the-top ego masculinity stuff that was just like you yeah, could have definitely done without. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. Five, five for me. 5.5. Uh, we'll be back with the uh, television. And welcome back. Uh, fucking TV movie premieres. Yay. Yeah. Uh, this week in television and movie premieres, we're going to start with Tuesday, November the 14th through Monday, November the 20th. Uh, the first one is Tuesday, November the 14th is uh, D. Ray Davis, How to Act Black. You ever heard this guy? Uh, D. Ray Davis? No, no. He was on, um, he had the uh, the Shaq Comedy Jam, when, oh, the Shaq All-Stars. Oh, well, uh, def, it, it was like a Def Comedy Jam. They uh, they used to have comedy stuff. Then Shaquille O'Neal kind of made a deal with Def Comedy Jam, and then he brought in some uh, some more comedians. But uh, D-Ray Davis, he came from that Def Comedy Jam, uh, Shaquille O'Neal uh, era. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's going to be on Netflix. It's going to be his first actual real special. Uh, he said that he got tired of just being the, the black comedian that people thought were, was funny, but he never really had a topic to talk about. Right. So this one is How to Act Black, apparently. So um, All right. I'll check that out so I can find out if I've been doing it wrong or not. Is there a lot of comedians that talk about that? <laughs> that, that was a nice one. Yeah, I'll give you that. Say what now? Is that a topic that's really popular in black comedians, like how what? to be black? Um, the, not, that, not that so much, but um, some of the more hackier uh, black comedians are still doing like the difference between black people and white people. But that's, yeah. All right. Uh, but that's a Tuesday, November the 14th. D. Ray Davis, How to Act Black is a comedy special on Netflix. Uh, the next is going to be the exact same day, Tuesday, November the 14th, Future Man. Oh, yeah, I've seen these trailers. I'm not excited for it, but it looks interesting enough. It's a, it's a comedy sci-fi. It's going to be on Hulu. It's directed by Seth Rogen and his friend Evan. <laughs> um, let's see, it follows Josh Hutchinson. Uh, who else is in this? He was, a, he was PETA in The Hunger Games. Mm. 
Keith David, the guy from uh, the John Carpenter movies, the black guy from the John Carpenter still movies. movies. That's uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. And uh, Ed Begley Jr. I don't know who that is. I don't either. It seemed like a, a name that I've heard before, mm-hmm. but I don't. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe one of you guys know who that is. I don't know. Uh, but uh, that's, that's on uh, Tuesday, November the 14th, Future Man. So uh, check out Seth Rogen's latest new thing. Uh, the next thing is Thursday, November the 16th, Back. It's just uh, called Back. All right. Uh, this stars David Mitchell and Robert Webb of the recently ended oh, hit British show, Heap Show. These guys. Yeah. They uh, reunite with uh, the show's writer, Simon Blackwell. I cannot freaking wait. Yeah, these like, guys are great. Yes. Yeah. I, like, I loved Peep Show. I think that was the first like, British comedy that got me into British comedy. See, I never, I never watched the, like, the television formats, but I watched them be comedians mm. in, in, like, in British television. Yeah. So like I, I I love the people I might give the show a, a go yeah. just to see what they're like. Oh yeah, like that's, that was really really good. Yeah. Um, the next thing, but that's yeah, that's uh, Thursday, November the sixteenth is back on where Netflix. Uh, Sundance. Okay. Uh, Sundance now. Uh, the next thing is going to be on Friday, November the seventeenth. It's uh, Jim and Andy the Great Beyond with a very special contractually obligated mention of Tony Clifton. That's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to give it a go just based on that name. That's uh, a really funny name. <laughs> it's a Netflix documentary uh, looks at the making of the film Man on the Moon, which found Jim Carrey portraying Andy Coffin. Oh, okay. That sounds interesting. That's actually. 100% yeah. can't wait to see that. Shout out Jonathan Smathers. You better be watching this. Looking, uh, Tony Clifton in the, the Man on the Moon thing, and I guess mm-hmm. in, well, in real life, what, um, what uh, he would really do. Uh, he, would, he would play a guy, uh, Tony Clifton would be his alter ego, mm-hmm. and he was just like some pompous asshole guy who, um, what's, who's the guy that I'm thinking about right now? Um, Andy Kaufman would mm-hmm. pretend to be Tony Clifton. You put on a hat oh, and that a kind suit. of sort of, that's where the term Kaufman, Kaufman-esque prank. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're kind of like, well, Kaufman would do a pranks like without putting on the costume too, but yeah, no. Kaufman-esque prank, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he would dress up as a guy named Tony Clifton and people would be expecting to see Andy Kaufman to do jokes. And he was like, oh no, no, he's not here today. Now we're going to be doing some songs and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So he'll go up there and sing like obnoxious songs and get booed and like people would hate him and they would eventually <laughs> leave or whatever, but they actually got to see Andy Kaufman perform, Kaufman but he, they didn't know it was Andy Kaufman. You know, so uh, so, <laughs> so one day they, they show this scene in the movie after about four or five performances of Tony Clifton showing up, he was worried that if he continued to put Tony Clifton up there and nobody knew and they didn't they didn't get what they thought they were paying for in, um, mm-hmm. in him. So he put Tony Clifton up there and people immediately started booing and immediately started getting up to go away because Andy uh, Andy Kaufman wasn't going to show up. So Andy Kaufman shows up on stage with Tony Clifton. He had he had he, exactly he had one of his friends dressed up as Tony Clifton and he came up out as uh, as Andy Kaufman yeah. and then had. Anyway, watch the fucking movie. God damn it. It's, it's, it's really, I really liked it. But uh, Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, with a very special contractually obligated mention of Tony Clifton. Sweet. <laughs> Mouthful. Uh, that's, uh, that's Friday. You have to say the full name every time you say the name. <laughs> have to say the whole thing. You're contractually obligated. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, that's Friday, November the 17th. Um, the same day is Marvel's The Punisher. Oh, is that? Like, th- didn't he have a season already? Is this his first season? I think this, this is his first season, yeah. Okay. I guess he was in Daredevil a lot. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed up a lot in Daredevil, but uh, this is uh, Shane from um, from Walking Dead. That's like Dead? one of the only guys you like. For, well, no, you like Rick too. I like the actor. Yeah, I hated the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shane, and I like Rick too. Yes, yeah. the yeah. actor. Yes. <laughs> what is he? He's like Aussie. Is he Australian? He's uh, he's British. British? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. <laughs> well, I, feel, I feel like he's Australian, but I, I don't I don't get those accents right very often. No, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's a Brit. Uh, I, Hugh I'm, Jackman is Australian. 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he's Australian just because I backed down on the venison thing last week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which we were horribly wrong. Thank you, Louise, for correcting yes, me. Yes, yes. Uh, veal is is not venison. Thank veal you. is baby cow. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck? I'm pretty sure because I knew venison was deer meat, but then I was like, baby deer was venison. He was like, no, it is not. <laughs> I, 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 I was confident. Very confident. That veal was fucking. Uh, and baby deer, and and I, and I, I was wrong in calling um, sheep baby lamb. Yeah, because lamb. They're just a lamb. <laughs> There's no baby lamb. No, it's a fucking lamb. So, <laughs> the shout out to LZ Pills. Yeah. That's uh, but that's Marvel's The Punisher. It's a drama on Netflix. <laughs> so um, yeah, that'll be coming out. Uh, the next thing is gonna be Saturday, November the 18th, Night of Too Many Stars. Your best boy is going to be on this one, hosting Goss, the show. My boy Gossie? Uh, well, almost. My other best. My other John best Stewart. Boy. John Stewart. I John, love John Stewart. Stewart. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. It's a, uh, he's hosting the annual autism research event. It's going nice. to be on HBO. Uh, let's see. Chris Rock, Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, Louis C.K. I bet you Louis C.K. is not showing up for that. I'm probably sure he will not be showing up for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he uh, canceled his premiere of uh, I Love You, Daddy. No, they canceled that shit. Uh, HBO, yeah, 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 like, yeah, like, ooh. Did you know what that show is about? A father masturbating in front of people? Really? Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. right. Like, that's that's too on the nose, Louis. Like, whoa, bro. But, uh, <laughs> see, I thought because I thought he was supposed to schedule to show up to for like a QA premiere type thing, mm-hmm. and then he like backed down. That's what the headlines Oh, he might have backed down from like a QA type yeah. thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see that. But um, but yeah, Louis C.K., Ben Stiller, Abby Jacobson, Jacobson from um, God damn it, we but we both what Broad City, Broad City, oh. um, Andy Sa- Adam Sandler, wow, and um. uh, Olivia Munn, oh yeah, Olivia Munn, Kate <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Blanchett and oh, Thor yeah. Ragnarok, by the way. Oh yes, fucking loved her. Yes, yes, Thor Ragnarok, yeah. Okay, Just fucking loved her. She was really good. All right. Um, let's see, and last not least, Sunday, November the 19th is Search Party. The second season of the acclaimed comedy Mystery features guests Jay Duplass and yeah, no one else recognizable. <laughs> but that's a Search Party on TBS. It's a comedy, 10 p.m. Check that out, Sunday, November the 19th. Cool. Uh, that is it for television shows for movies. The first movie we have is Mudbound. I, that does not sound in any way recognizable Mm-mm. to me. Um, <laughs> Mudbound is a uh, rated R. It's 134 minutes. It's uh, 81 Metascore. Rundown is two men return home from World War II to work on a farm in a rural Miss- in rural Mississippi where they struggle to deal with racism and adjusting to life after war. Sounds really depressing. Uh, it's director D. Rees and is starring uh, Kerry Mulligan, Jason Clark, Jonathan Banks, and Garrett Bedlam. No, no idea who any of those people are. I don't either. Maybe Jonathan Banks sounds familiar, but. I, no, no I, I like the cover. It looked like very 1920s or something. It looks very beyond Hell or High Water in terms of like color palette and. But older, yeah, like this, yeah. like 1920s type thing. And then there's a uh, there's a black guy in the well, very front. World War Two. It's uh Oh, World War Two. It, it, it says it says yeah. World War Two. So <laughs> that gives our time frame. Yeah. Uh, 19 what 34 through 1940 yeah. something. Whatever, if it's 45. American, it'll be 39. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if this is America or not, but I assume it was. Yeah, Mississippi. Yep. We have, they gave me the information. They, the information. they clearly gave me the information. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Baby lamps are cheap. 
Uh, the uh, the next movie is Wonder. I'm curious about that. I know nothing about it, but I've seen the poster yeah. at the cinema, and I'm curious. All right. It's what a, is this? It's a PG movie, 113 minute. It's a drama. Based on the New York Times bestseller, Wonder tells the incredibly inspiring and heartwarming story. You let me d- d- decide what's heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Of, of August <laughs> Pullman, a boy with facial differences who enters the fifth grade. Does that say, yeah, it says facial differences. Yeah. Uh, attending a mainstream elementary school for the first time. What is a facial difference? It's I like, guess like a facial deformity. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Th- that would make more like a facial difference. I could just like I make just, my face. They're just different. trying to like use PC language. Oh, PC yeah. is what we're doing. All right. But uh it's starring Julia Roberts and uh Owen Wilson. Holy Those, shit, Julia Roberts. I've not heard that name in a while. In a while, yeah. Wow. Yeah. In, yeah. Huh. Wow. in a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. And uh Fucking the Owen Wilson. <laughs> Oh, that's what you were doing? <laughs> yeah, all right. Wow, it's been a while, Julia. <laughs> he's going to do that. You know he's going to do that in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while, Julia. Yeah, wow. Fucking Owen. Wow. Broken ass nose. Yep. He talk, he's a very breathy talker, yeah. <laughs> he does, yeah. Uh, and the, uh, the last movie of the week is Justice League. It's a PG-13 movie, 121-minute runtime. It's an action-adventure fantasy sci-fi movie. Rundown is fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act. Uh, Bruce Wayne enlists the, hel- enlists the help of newfound al- ally Diana Princess. Is that Wonder Woman? Yeah. Yep. Uh, to face an even greater enemy. It's directed by Zack Snyder. It's starring Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, and who is Ezra Miller? Ezra I guess that's Miller. Flash. Here's the Flash. Yeah. Okay. He's kind of, he was a... Sort of like a, he's he plays a lot of like Jewish characters. Okay, uh, he's kind of got that that Jewish actor thing. They couldn't bring in um, Jesse uh, Eisenberg. I guess he's already in it though, is he not? He's what, like Luther. Yeah, so like yeah, I guess he can't. Play he doesn't two show up. In, he doesn't show up in, in this movie. That's no, too bad. Or maybe he does, and I don't fucking know. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 wary. I I am cautiously optimistic about this movie. Yeah. Um, because Wonder Woman was good. Yes. And I think they learned their lesson mm. based on what Wonder Woman taught them mm. about don't be so drab. Okay. Just kind of have some fun into yeah. it. Yeah. And I've heard that people said that it's kind of a fun movie. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I'll, I'll watch Batman vs. Superman. So bad. I didn't think it was that bad. Really? Like, I mean, it is, like, all right, like, when we're talking about what is a good movie, what's a bad movie, like, it's a bad movie. But as far as, like, what I enjoyed, like, if it wasn't as long as it was, then I could have enjoyed it more. Matter of fact, I think it's just, I'm saying this just because everyone, like, I haven't heard good things about the movie. And out of this, like, two hour and a half movie, there are some good things in it. Yeah, no. Like, it's still bad. It's still bad. (laughs) The the, the problem with... Batman vs. Superman for me was that I could not get through enough of the movie to see the good things. I got you. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, by 30 minutes of the movie, I clocked the fuck out. I mm. could not do it. Mm. There was just too much Lois Lane doing nothing interesting, too mm. much, like, origin story again. Yeah. Like, we know Batman. Yes. We know the Batman storyline. Yep. We've been with Batman for, like, 30 yep. years. Yep. We know Superman, too. We, we know, know both. We, we, know, we know them. <laughs> yep. we, know, we know them. Yep. <laughs> Stop. Jesus Christ. All right. If I see one more Batman origin story, mm. even if I pay for the ticket, I swear to God I'm walking out of that fucking movie. Oh, don't man. Don't need yeah. it. Yeah. Don't need it. Do the Spider-Man thing and we'll be good. You don't, you don't need to see the, the pearls flying flying no. to the ground and <laughs> going into the, the gutter. <laughs> that was the shot yeah. that I immediately went like, I'm fucking done with this movie and mm. I turned it off. Mm. When the fucking pearls are flying in slow motion. Yeah. Fuck you, Zack Snyder. Yeah. Anyway, 
That's fucking it for today's episode. Hey. You can find us on Twitter, underscore the F- underscore FFS podcast, on Facebook, at the FFS podcast, on Stitcher, Google Play, Sound, Google Play Music app, SoundCloud, and iTunes podcast app, under the name for film's sake. My personal Twitter handle is at Brian Archida. And I'm at a T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey, and thank you for watching, and you decide if you want to watch Top Gun or not. I'm not going to yeah. recommend it. I like that. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye.